Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Divine Mind Group Community Call. I'm Jim Davis, your moderator. Today is Sunday, February 9th, 2020. Tonight's speaker is... Michael Joseph, also known as MJ. Welcome, brother. Welcome, everyone. Hey, thank, thank you, thank you, Jim. I, uh, man, I tell you, I was just getting ready to tell you um, before we started the call. This past week for me has just been um, really strange week, but but a really good week too. Like I, I had really low points in my week, but then like the next day. You ever have those days where everything goes your way? I mean, just literally everything just goes great. And I had the the next day after a total complete low, I just had the, the day after was just like one of those paradise days, you know. <laughs> Amen. Amen, brother. It was incredible. I, I, but let me, I wanted to share with you that, um, so I go out. My wife and my son tell me, hey, um, we don't have any hot water. So I said, oh, that's easy. The pilot light must have gone off. So I go out to uh, restart the pilot light on the water heater. And, you know, it's been a while since I've restarted that pilot, you know, so I read the directions twice to make sure I got it right. And then uh, I lit the thing up and put the cover on it and um, stood back. And then turn the um, turn the gas to the setting that I wanted, and the darn water heater blew up on me. I oh, mean, it exploded. And, and and yeah, oh whoa is right. And I'm standing, actually, I'm kneeling right in front of this thing, you know, and literally, boom! I mean, just shook the tar out of it. And I mean, talk about a fear of God experiment. Yeah, I mean, literally, I was like. Brother, Whoa, I understand you know. where you're coming from. My dad was lighting a hot water heater one time, and it blew up in his face. And I was standing right nearby, and, and it burned his face and everything. And uh, it could have been me, horrible. I, oh yes, sir. I understand. Well, praise Java. He protected you. And your well, that's family. what I was getting at. Is that I wanted to just walk you through this this story, just to show you like the the benevolent hand of um, of coverture and protection so i'm standing there and instead of being angry i'm actually standing there praying in gratitude that i'm not in the er because i know the the forces of uh, it that's a pipe bomb right and i got lucky that it went straight up the flue and not out towards me you know so praise god so anyway, um, I call up my engineering friend, and I said, I got good news and bad news. And he said, what? I said, the good news is I'm not in the ER. The bad news is I need a new water heater. <laughs> so we're not going to work tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, you can't go get anything fixed in the house today for less than 1000 bucks. I mean, just that's just how it is, you know. 
And um, so I go up there to the Home Depot um, the next day. Well, first of all, I called my friend up that night, and I said, uh, man, you got that uh, PEX to, to copper. You got that crimper machine. He said, yeah, that crimping tool. So so anyway, I called him up, and um, I said, can you come help me tomorrow because I can't do this by myself. It's just that thing weighs 300 pounds empty. You know what I mean? I just couldn't do it by myself. And um, so we we make a game plan. We get the thing um, installed. We're happy about it, and we're both looking at it. I'm I'm an engineer. He's sort of a contractor. His um, his IQ for contracting work is about a million, you know. And um, if you had if you had to ask him to do engineering work, he's probably got an IQ of about fifty. But when it comes to figuring stuff out, like farming common sense, he's got an IQ of about a million, you know. So he he um he figured out how to rig this thing up and save us some money here and there and uh we got it all done. Everything was connected up. I light the, the water heater up and I'm standing there and I'm like, Man, I, I smell gas and I I'm not just, you know, like a whiff, it's coming, it's strong. So I I shut off the valve and I go to tinkering with the um the actual unit. Right, like I like my side is solid. I've already tested everything that I did. There's no leaks. Everything is good. So I start taking apart the um, the water heater. I start looking at you know what the manufacturer's given me, and sure enough, uh, everything is loose on their end, and they did not uh, tighten up this comp- compression fitting, and so I've got like this terrible <clears throat> gas leak. Wow. And I got to thinking about it, man. If I hadn't have caught that. You know, if 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 I if I would have hired you know like uh, Home Depot to come install that, they would have installed it, walked away, and and I would have lost my entire garage if if you know. Oh because, yes, sir. Can you imagine that running for you know two hours and coming back into the garage and turning on a light? The whole garage would have exploded, you know. Well, brother, believe me, I understand. I mean, here at the beginning when winter first started, maybe. Uh, you know, uh, it was probably in around December of last year. The uh, our furnaces went out, both of them. They were they were older ones, and I mean, we had to go almost a month without uh, heat. So, but Java kept us, and everything's fine. And what happened was, uh, we had to get the two people to come in and put in some furnaces. But when I at first, I smelled gas because I went down and lit the furnace. It was on, but then I come upstairs and I kept smelling gas, and I said, "What in the heck?" So what I did is I, I you know, how you call the gas company. They sent yeah. somebody out. They sent somebody out right away, and they have those sniffers. Right, right. Yep. It, they tell us to go outside, right, to to make sure that the house don't explode with us in it. So we were outside, and he comes, open the front door, and he has his little sniffer on. And the the furnaces are in the basement. As soon as he opened the front door, that thing started going, you know, it was going off. He says, where's the furnaces at? And I told him, well, we have to go here, down the hallway, down the stairs, and right back around to the other side. And he went down there and immediately he turned everything off. And, you know, he checked it and he says, 
these can't come back on. They're too dangerous. He says, right. and the, the gas was really filled up down in the basement. And he says, you know, the gas rises. And he tells me, no, you can't do that. And he says, even when the gas dissipates, we can't light it back because the, I guess the filament in there was so bad. He said, you'd have carbon monoxide. And uh, that's when they shut everything off from the outside of the house. And that's what took us that whole month to get somebody over here to put the two of them in for us. And uh, you got to be really careful with it, man, because you can literally, you could, you know, it's so dangerous, you know, and I mean, even, even using a cell phone is, is really dangerous because when you receive that call inside that cell phone, there's a spark, you know, there's electricity flowing. So, you know, turning on a light bulb, you know, just walking, you know, into a room is a spark and it would just ignite, you know, ignite it. And well, anyway, I mean, I tell you, I'm standing there after after we caught the this leak. And again, I, I, I had every right to be upset and, you know, but I'm standing there in gratitude thinking, wow, man, if I if we hadn't caught this, if, if the spirit hadn't have said, turn that gas off and check this, you know, man, you know, my house could be on fire. I could have lost, you know, a good portion of my house. And so, you know, instead of taking a very negative view of of what happened, I took a real positive view of, you know, thank you, Father, for, you know, giving giving me that thought to to check these things, you know. And so I I go back up to the Home Depot, and sure enough, I had a guy cut cut the box open and show me one brand new in the box. I want to, I said I want to see if this is the way it's supposed to be or is this an aberration? And uh, so sure enough, it's all cinched up in the in the other one. And the guy tells me after it took me you know six hours to install this thing, he tells me, um, I you know if you want you can bring the old one back and I'll give you a brand new. One. <laughs> oh my God. Man, this thing don't weigh 20 pounds, you know, it's 300 pounds or more, you know. So, uh, you know, that ain't going to work. Well, get this. The next day, um, I just, it, it was just incredible. The, the very next day, I, I woke up about 5 o'clock in the morning, wide awake, and, and I had this kind of impending sense of doom on me. Like, you know, sometimes you... For no reason at all, you, and I can't really explain it. It's just like I didn't have a reason to be fearful. It just had this, you know, and I've been through so many panic attacks that, you know, because when, you know, when I was running my civil engineering firm years back and just really doing a lot of work at one time, I used to have these panic attacks, these fears that I'd overlooked something, you know, and I got guys millions and millions of dollars waiting on me, you know, to have something done, and I'm you know, afraid maybe I overlooked something. And and so I've gotten to where I recognize it now. I, I call it my old friend, you know. And uh, <laughs> and so I, I recognize my friend, and uh, and I said, I see you there. I recognize you. And I said, but instead of fighting you today, I said, I'm going to give thanks for you, and I really appreciate it. I'm just so happy to be alive and, and for my blessings. And, and, man, I'm telling you, my entire day, you know, I go to the grocery store. I would go up to the uh, to get some gas, and the, and the the girl behind the counter calls me handsome. You know, and I'm thinking, all right, you know, starting the day off right. You know, that's right. It's I'll take being that, blessed. You know, yes, sir. Free cup of coffee. You know, I was like, oh man. 
we're starting off good, you know. Yes, and it just, um, I guess what I'm saying, I wanted to share that with you because it could, you know, I mean, you know, all said and done, you know, I was out, you know, thirteen hundred bucks on getting this uh, new water heater, and you know, I got, you know, thirteen hundred dollars is a pretty decent hit around North Carolina, and but, you know. I don't look at it like that. It's all coming back. It's all coming back. Amen. It's going to come back because I already settled it in divine mind. You know, instead of seeing it as a lack, I just I I just prayed the prayer of divine opulence and I settled the account in divine mind, and so that um, that which flowed away is going to flow back in in. It's going to it's going to settle in the in the. Um, I know it's all coming back and it's it's going to come back without me even having to do any work for it. You know. So, Amen, brother. It's like the tides in the ocean. What goes out comes back. <laughs> I mean, already almost a, a thousand of it came back this weekend, and I didn't have to do anything. You know, I, I've got this online website that I do uh, education on money and trusts, and um, I'm not I'm not pitching that here. I, I want to stay away from that. But but all of a sudden this weekend, without doing any work at all, we just had this influx of new membership. And you know, a thousand dollars just came into my pocket without doing anything. Great job. Well, you know, there it is. You know, and it, it's going to come back. It's going to the the bill will be, you know, the thirteen hundred that went out is going to come flowing back in, and and I have to worry about that. I did. I'm not going to receive any loss because there is no loss in divine mind. Um, uh, God owns and possesses and is everything. So. There can be no loss in divine mind because God's playing all the parts. You know? Yes, sir. So yes. now I wanted to share that with you. I just uh, um, well, just brother, really... that blessed me. That blessed me, and I'm sure the others listening on. I can't answer for them, but it blessed me. I mean, because it's good, to, you know, when you bring forth the the good that Yahweh's done for you. That's what it says. Go tell your, you know, everyone the good things that Yahweh has done for you. And by that, it lifts us up and blesses us. I mean, if he can do it for you, he can do it for me, and he can do it for everyone else. So, hey, everyone, I'm inspired by that, brother. Well, I believe, I believe that the love that any human being can, can give to another human being is Yava's love that is flowing through one human being to another. And... You know, I had so much energy the day that everything was going right for me. I decided all the little things for for my family that needed to be done that I was going to go ahead and just do it for them without anybody even knowing that I was going to do it for them. You know what I mean? I just went ahead and yes. did it, and and um, and it just just having that thought to serve someone else. I believe, like when it says flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, Peter. I believe when you have a thought to actually serve somebody in love in, in complete charity where you're not looking for anything back in return, you just want to give something to somebody, I believe that that's also a spiritual thing because, you know, Brother Donkey, so to speak, is sort of a selfish being, okay? I mean, I'm yes. speaking for myself here, but uh, the carnal mind sort of wants what it wants, and it's rare that the carnal mind just says, "Yeah, okay, I, I think I'll just do, and I'll do something for somebody else without any remuneration coming back for that act." And 
And and I thought, well, I got all this energy. I'm going to go and I'm going to do all these things that need to be done. I'm, you know, and and because that mindset was in me to serve someone else, all those things that I thought was going to take time and a lot of effort to do, man, it it was easy. It was, you know, it, I just, you know, click 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 all these things. I was checking it off, you know. You know, replace the bulb, the the lamp in in my wife's you know car, and and even though generally speaking this is about a two hour job because you got to take all this the modern cars. I mean, you can't work on it without taking half of it out just to get to the the little piece that you want to get to. But um, I got it all done. It all worked seamlessly, and and I just had a real good spirit about me about you know you know this is great. Check that one off. Check this off, and that spirit of serving. I've just found in my own life that, and I was talking. Let me back up a second. I I, I went to my father-in-law's house because he's seventy seventy-five now, and um, my mother-in-law's seventy-two, and so you know I like to go over there and um, help them with the lawn, you know, things like that. That you know they would have to pay somebody to do, but I I try to go over there and help them out, and. Yeah. So I'm over there and I'm talking to him and and um, I asked I asked Jim I said uh, uh, my father-in-law his name's Jim too I said uh, you ever like thought about like if you could have everything I mean everything if whatever you set your mind to you could have you think you'd be happy and he said no and I said. Well, you said that pretty quick. You, you, you've thought about this before. He said, "No, I, I've never thought about that." I said, "But I, I know that, you know, if I was getting stuff, I'm not going to be happy because the more I get, the more I'm going to want." And he said, "He said I truly believe that the only way for you know true happiness to exist is to serve somebody else Amen. And, and enjoy the feeling that you get when you give something to somebody, even." If it's completely unmerited, you just serve them anyway, and and then you have perfected joy. And yes, and I thought, man, that really is that's the ticket right there. You know, I mean, all the religions in the world, they have the name. You know, there's only one God, but they call one guy says it's Allah, another one says Yahweh, another one says it's Jesus, another one says whatever they say, right? And uh, there's only one God. They got they got all these different religious forms, and I'm not saying the religions are are bad or negative. I'm just saying that in the end of the day, you know, I, I think it's about you know love and it's about serving each other and you know helping each other. You know, I, I agree um, with you, brother. Uh, you know, you look at the. I didn't I didn't mean to uh, cut you off yeah, or anything. Yeah. The the Messiah teacher, or you could say the creator all, he he created all things, and all things were made by him and for him. And, you know, he has it all. There's nothing impossible unto him. But yet he made himself, you know, as came, as, you know, down and dwelt in man. And yes. became, became the servant. You know, he had it all. But yet, he came in humility, he came in love, and he served his fellow man. And that's that's the example that I want to lead. I mean, I don't, you know, my father owns, 
the earth in the fullness thereof and the cattle on a thousand hills figure speech but you know i want to i want to be a you know serve my fellow man with a pure and open heart before the creator you know that that's that's my desire you know not that Play i is the know. only way to be happy yes sir go ahead and not not that we're any better than anyone else i mean we're all the same it just all depends on how we look at things we're all looking at the same things but your your position or your where you're at we can be looking at the same thing and we're looking at that diamond but i'm that little spark on this side you're the spark on the other side even though we're looking at the same thing same place your perception from where you're at you're seeing it slightly different than i'm seeing it you know what i'm saying it even though we're seeing the same thing I do, and and so my father-in-law Jim is—he's not an educated man, uh, but he's a very wise man, right? Amen. He has what you call uh, common sense wisdom, you know. Even though if you cracked a book and put him in college, you know, he would just look at you like this is crazy. He he would drop out about the first week, but he he was he was a master at what he did for a living. He 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 took what he did for a living very serious. And he became a master at it, and he did very well for himself. Uh, and and so I, you know, he he likes to put himself down sometimes, and he'll say, "Well, I'm not a very intelligent man." And he said, "But I do know this." And some of the most um, wise sayings that I've taken from another individual was just sitting around after supper, you know, chewing the fat with my father-in-law, you know, and uh, he. He says things that are like in the in the spaces in between, and uh, they're very profound. And I, I go back and I I meditate on what he said, you know. And he told me one night, he said, "Man, you can take all your religions." He said, "All of it." He says, "He said I'm not going to say that they're bad. I'm just going to say that you know, if you're not loving and serving each other, then just you know, I don't want to, I don't don't talk to me about it." He said because if you're not coming from the position of love first in all of your intentions and how you're doing it, then I don't want to talk about it. Don't talk to me about religion. And that was really hard for me to hear because he told me this back about 10 years ago when I was like really steeped in, you know, Orthodox religion. And, um, you know, (laughs) I was out there trying to save everybody, (laughs) but, uh, but you know, after really considering what he what he's saying, I, I think he's absolutely right. I mean, intention is everything, and if the intent doesn't have is not love based, doesn't consider the mutual good for everyone involved, then it's it, it's not as good. It's not as good. Not to say that there can't be some good there, you know, because faith is good, right? But it's not as good as love, you know in my opinion. Oh, I agree with you, brother. You know, uh, man made religion. Religion didn't make man. And that, you know, right. and I, now that I've, you know, since we were, when we were a child, we spake as a child, but now that we've grown up, it's time to put off childish things. 
and I put off religion altogether. I don't belong to any religion or any so-called faith. I believe in the ever-living and the true laws of what was set forth. Anytime I put myself in a position like I used to say before I come to the understanding that I have now. Well, because, you know, I grew up a Catholic. Then I got out of that when I was about 11 or 12. And then Mm. I went to, you know, Pentecostal church and things. And then I understood about the spirit and everything else and a lot of other things. And I've seen the different, I've seen both sides of the coin, so to speak. And uh, both, you know, they have somewhat good in certain ones, but in others, it seems good, but the end thereof is, you could see is destruction and death. Sure, uh, control. Yes, sir. And uh, the thing is, I don't come from that perspective anymore. I mean, they can be whatever they call themselves or whatever they want to be. Like people say, well, you're a Christian, right? I tell them, hell no, I'm not. Excuse my (laughs) language. But I am not a Christian. That was coined by Constantine the first. And he used that as a persecution name so that he could kill the so-called believers. And and after doing it so long, I mean, through the Crusades and everything, that's where all that went. But then they turned around and tried to use it for the good and say, well, well, we're all Christians now. I mean, we're not. You know? Yes, I see what you mean. I mean, ultimately, if you say I'm an American or I'm a Christian or I'm, you know, if you affiliate with any group, it's really uh, a lessening of it's a qualification on I am you know and and you know ultimately at my core I'm, I am I am man you know and even if I say I am Michael Joseph it, even that is putting a mask over you know I am man you know because I've now said okay we'll use this name Michael Joseph in order for us to develop relationships well that's just a tool it's a, just an identity forged in a name so that we can have a convenient platform to uh, to enter into contracts or have a, have a relationship with each other. But ultimately, that relationship begs some kind of construct for us to have a relationship within. And, and, and I believe that that is the, the core of, say, 1 Samuel chapter 8, um, where he talks about, Israel wanting to have a man king, they they weren't happy to be a, a theocratic, monarchical, uh, republican um, system, a, a theocratic monarchical republic. That's what they were. They traded that. They threw yeah. off the theocracy and they traded that for a monarch that pulled them down into. Um, some kind of uh, democratic system, and and today we even have even a further degradation. We have a, a corporate feudalism, which is spread out over the entire entire world. Uh, we've all been swept off the land and into the sea of uh, persons uh, through corporate uh, feudalism by and through banking practices. But the name that 
that they give me, like for instance, the legal name that was given for me to use um, at my birth, okay, that name is 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 a thing that's inside of of a particular trust. So any any relationship that I'm going to have with that legal name has got to be inside of this this trust society. And what I'm trying to say is that's that's a limitation. That you know, whereas whereas I am man, you know, at common law um, under God, okay. Um, there's freedom and liberty there. I, I am man. I'm not constrained with. Um, now, where it gets kind of interesting is um, where you are in your mindset, because you, you know when I say you, I'm, I'm just talking about the the societal you. Yes. Um, and right. I use, okay. So um, I may be talking to someone else, and they say, "Well, I'm I'm a United States citizen, and if you want to have a relationship with me, then we have to have that within this trust structure." called the United States. And I said, well, how come we can't meet on the platform of I am man and we can look each other in the eye and shake our hand, shake, you know, shake each other's hands and know that if I can't, if I don't keep my word to you, it's because I'm dead. Okay. Um, something grave has had to happen to me for me to not keep my word to you because my word is my bond. There is once I give my word, it does not return unto me void. Okay, I've given my yes. word. My word is my surety against all future performance. Yes, sir. You so, know, um, go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, like the, the concept came to me like, like you know, people will say they'll ask the question. They'll say, "Are you a believer? Do you believe in God?" And flippantly, people will say, "Yeah, of course I believe in God," or you know. And I and I say to you, after really giving it some thought, that's a really serious question. Do you believe in God? It really is a real, you know, you know the, the scripture that says, "Be careful how you yoke up. Don't put this on and then look back." It says because those that look back aren't fit for the kingdom. And and you know, to me, it's a really profound and sacred thing to start along this path. Because, you know, if you really believed, you know, it, it's it's so sacred that, you know, every word, every thought, it, it, it would be it would be like a, um, everything in your life can, would completely change because, I mean, gosh, I mean, I, I actually believe that there is a higher power, there there is a omnipotent being which we are all a part of and 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 the sacredness of that but but when you know when you look at it in general um theology or general religion it's just a flippant thing it's like you know it's almost like it's profane yeah 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 i i, I believe in god sure now go away you know but you, you know right yes but you know how people say that uh no one can extend except he that came down yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, well, people need to. I mean, when I say people, I'm talking about myself. Okay. I'm coming from the place of myself. Yes. When we were birthed into this three-dimensional aspect or paradigm, we are the ones that came down. Yes. And we are the ones that have to ascend back up, 
when our so-called day is done. Yes. You know, when, and everybody says, well, well, that's talking about God. Uh, God came down and, and uh, you know, they had to send back up. I said, no, we are that divine creator that came down into this body. This body that they call man. Because this is the temple of that eternal creator. He, he tells us, I dwell in a temple not made with hands. So it's therefore this body. So he came down, we came down, we were birthed into this fleshly body. And therefore, when we go through the life's play that we're playing to the time where we have to, where the body, uh, the spirit puts off this body and we go back to the creator who gave it. And I mean, it's just like when people go to court, they say, well, well, what are you? What are this? What are the, I'm a person or I'm a man. No, I just, what I would say, and I have said, I am that I am. They said, well, what do you mean by that? I mean, what I say, I am that I am. See, they can't, they can't go around that. They can't add nothing to it. They can't put nothing on it. To where they can spin it. Well, yeah, where are you? only only uh um, I, we, my my friend and I we watched a basketball game the other night. Uh, Duke Blue Devils were playing the UNC Tar Heels, and where we come from around here, in North Carolina, that's a huge rivalry. I mean, all stop. We got to watch this game, right? So mm-hmm. we're watching this game, and and I'm just appalled at the absolute um. Like that, these kids don't have the will to win anymore. It's like they're just getting exercise, walking up and down the court because they got five superstars, and and they're freshmen. They haven't learned how to sacrifice for the team effort, so it's just individuals showing off and showboating, and hoping they're going to go, um, you know, to the NBA next year. And and I said to my friend, I said, man, I said, how can I cheer for for the mundane? How, how can I see if I start cheering for the mundane and that which is unacceptable, then if, if I'm buying that, then I'm going to get more of that. And, 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 and I guess that's what I'm what I'm getting at is that. You know, it's a really serious thing to take on this mantle to, to say, OK, I my, my conscience is awake now. I, I'm aware of the power of my words. And it, it's not a profane or a very light thing to to say I believe in God because um, truly, you know, as, as as I just give more and more thought to this in meditation, to take on that mantle, to take on that mindset, is to take on the responsibility of every word that leaves these lips, of every thought which which circulates through this mind, because I'm trying to order my conversation, to order my mind. Um, and and that takes work. I mean, we have to work at that, you know. Uh, oh, I, I don't think. Yeah. No, I understand, brother. But I, it comes to my mind here that you know how the Messiah teacher, when um, the they came to stone him, mm-hmm. and he says, you know, for what reason are you going to stone me? 
and he says, you know, I forgot the exact uh, words in there, but he, he says, uh, I'm going to stone you. We're going to stone you because thou being a man are making thyself God. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, because they, he knew by what he was saying that he, the so-called man that housed the creator just like all of us, the come to the realization of who and what he really is. And he was endeavoring to open the eyes of the people that they may see. We're all the creator playing yes. out an experience in this life to where we can experience, you know, a life of the ups and downs. And not only that, but to experience death. And what I mean by death, you don't actually die. The you, true you doesn't, but this body does. And I mean, we got to go through the whole gamut of everything. But that's why it tells us, choose you this day, who and what you will serve or what will serve you. I mean, we, it depends on, because we're the actual, we're actually the ones that are creating everything around us and about us. Even the people that we see and are acquainted with, those people are all aspects of you. Yes. And they're playing, they're playing out an aspect to you, whether it be a good aspect or a bad aspect. You know how people get in arguments or disagreements, yes. should I say? Yes. That's all you. You're, you're being confronted from another aspect of yourself to where you can overcome it. And like the scripture says, be ye perfect for I am perfect. If we don't go through that school or that training and come to the realization of who we are, see, because when we came here, we came here willingly, but at the same time, we came here with a clean slate of not knowing who and what we really are. You know what I'm trying to say? We're the, yeah, we're I know the exactly. We're, yes. we're the creator, but yet we came here with a clean slate, and there's certain innate things within us that we know deep down that awaken in us, but yet at the same time we have aspects of our mother, our fathers, our brothers, sisters, and people in general. But they're all aspects of us, and we're going through this training manual, so to speak. And and awakening up to wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. It says, he that overcometh will I give a crown of life. Well, we have the crown of life, but at the same time, there's a purpose for this body too. And it says, not all shall see death. And if we come to the true understanding and knowledge and um, and the wisdom that is, because if you look back uh, thousands of years ago, they lived seven, eight, nine hundred, a thousand. Some lived five thousand, seven thousand years, but they limited it to a thousand years, or not quite a thousand. 
but there's people that live far beyond that. I know uh, there's there's so many things that they've endeavored the so-called system out there and people that want to keep you know us beaten down where they can how can I say rule over us and usurp authority over us they know these certain things but they don't that's why they're endeavoring to do everything they can to destroy it even the ancient um, um, artifacts and everything like that and it's well known that there are you know giant skeletons all over this earth but yet every time they they find them they mysteriously come up missing and nobody knows where they're at or what happened to them i mean there's so many things that that's not being shown to man i mean it's coming out slowly but surely here and there because people are wising up uh, but the ones that are on top so to speak are i mean working day and night to to be one step ahead of us or 10 steps ahead of us to keep us from finding out because once we come to the true wisdom and knowledge and understanding of what's really going on you ain't going to listen to nobody I don't yeah. care who they are. You're going to know. And once you know, what does the scripture say? You have no need that any man teach you. But that inner right. wisdom, knowledge, and truth of the ever living will lead and guide you in all truth. I mean, that. I mean, it's, there's just so much there. That's all I'm saying. And it's, when, it, like I was saying earlier about the I am, they, even the court system will try to put you in a scenario. They can't fight when you say I am. They say, well, where are you? Where do you live? Well, I am. I live on the land. Well, where at? A place that you, you know, such and such address. I said, you know. But they they try to box you in. And it, yeah, that they're bringing you into their trust. They say, "Do you live in such and such state?" And the word "state" is synonymous with "a state." So they're bringing you into bringing. They're trying to get you to testify. What What did the scripture say? It I think Luke chapter eleven. They they sought to seize a word that came out of his mouth so they could accuse him. So they're looking to get you to testify by your own mouth that you. Um, so you condemn yourself by your own testimony, right? So you're right. When you say, I am that I am, and, you know, I, I am man, um, and I live I don't even the say land. I am man. I don't even say I am man because, I mean, they've even got a, a what do you call it, a, a, a block for that. I just say I am, that I, I you know, I, I am. Well, where do you live? On the land. Right. You Can know, you hear and, me? I'm I'm alive right now. <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. and I, uh, they they asked the address. I said, you know, I said, I am, you know, at this so-called address. They said, well, what's your name? I am. I said, I said I come, and if you you know how you say, well, I come from the clan of Davis. And, uh, you know, 
which the clan calls me James, you know, whatever. Uh, I mean, there's ways which you know better than anybody how to get around a lot of that. <laughs> but I'm yeah, just well, saying. it's it's it does take some. Um, I mean, the thing that I found really interesting is that every time I've ever gone to any any court, and I, I look at it as just all those judges are sitting up there doing, they're just enforcing contracts. And what I've come to see every time I've gone and, you know, tried to push against the system to try to figure it out, um, they test you pretty good three times. And, and, and I... And I've come to appreciate this testing because they want to see, okay, did somebody give you this, you know, and you're just, you know, or is this who you actually are, you know, you, you, this is who you, you know, the way that you're, you're walking. And so, because um, a lot of people, because I'm the type of guy where I would go to a courtroom and just sit in the gallery all day and just watch, because it's actually pretty, you know, it's better than uh, afternoon TV, believe me. Uh, ten times better, and um, so I guess the point is is that there's trust, there's trusts all around us, and they're like invisible contracts. And you know, if we can, just by the the standpoint of us being silent, or even in the standpoint of us giving our word, we can acquiesce, and it's implied that we're accepting of something. You know, if we say, if someone says, well, what's your address? And I give them some kind of address that's uh, in the Federal Reserve System. Well, if, if I gave them that address and I told them that's where I live, well, then by my own tongue, I have now said that I am resident within the Federal Reserve System, which puts me squarely within a certain trust boundary. And and so i got to be real careful about the words that I use uh, because – it says that um, not man will has to be accountable for every word that leaves his lips. Not one word is. Uh, we have to take an accounting for all of our words, and and you know. So with that, I wanted to just the the, the big thing that I got this week that literally um, I was really humbled at the beginning of the week because there was a guy about uh, five years ago, well maybe more like ten. He um he and I got into this real bad argument over Torah and back and forth we went. These are my back in my days when, you know, I was a staunch observer of, you know, the, the rules of Torah and, you know, I would sit at home on Saturday completely miserable because Torah said don't work on Saturday and just, you know, because it said, you know, Saturday or I just was a very strict observer, even to my own misery. And um uh, and I used to get into some really heated conversations back and forth with this guy, and and I haven't talked to him in about ten years, and he just popped up and and um and and reached out to me, and I really humbled myself and was like, man, you know, I just want to apologize to you. I, at that point time in my life, I was in such a literalistic way, and um, and that's all I could see. I couldn't see that I was sitting squarely in a ditch, you know, but, you know, it's all I could see at the time. And so I uh, please apologize the clanging bell that I had become, you know, and um, and so anyway, we, we got to talking back and forth a little bit. And um, I've just come to realize, like in the in the Old Testament, you know, we kind of learn about this universal I am the 
the global I am. And so we we um, we have to find an image of the universal I am in in you know down here in, in man land. Um, and and I realized it just came to me. I was outside working on the truck, and it just hit me like a, a bolt. That's the state. And 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 the idea here, in in a in a negative sense, is the state can save. But then in the New Testament, we see a teacher coming along and finishing the work of Moses, saying, "No, it's the individual I am." Okay, Amen. and and so. Um, so we say, okay, is the we we clearly see the state can't save, but the individual I am is an island unto himself. And so, what? Where is the synthesis? And it's the marrying together of the individual I am with the universal I am, marrying those two together. You still have your individuality, and and so the mirror image in the in the in the, um, the state is. You as the individual are you are the state in being, and and you know if you choose to act, you know he who acts is the king in the presence of he who looks on and does nothing, and so the question is it goes to the heart of intent. What is the basis? What what is the intent of our action? And and I believe that the the true. Um, uh, I want to say hidden meaning, but the underlying meaning is love, love, charitable, giving, you know, that kind of thing. Service to others is is the is the foundation of upon which these two I am aspects of the individual I am and the global universal I am are married together. And so the love that I might give for anybody else in, in this world flows through me. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and it's God's love that's flowing through me to somebody else. So then I can be, I can have gratitude. I can have, you know, even in a negative sense. Thank God the thing blew up, but I'm not in the ER. You know, <laughs> You're right. Amen. I, I, I see we got Gil in here, and uh, uh, there's three people on the phone. There's Donna, Gil, and the other gentleman. Um, well, open it up. Here. Open it up, Jim. I'm going to open it up to where we can have all have a conversation here. Yeah. All right. Okay. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. What about Donna and Gil and uh, present? Uh, <laughs> I'm doing like classroom present. <laughs> uh, we're gonna. <laughs> there you uh, are. Remember last Sunday we were talking about how we all had that conversation and everything. Now we got MJ <laughs> in here and and everything and. Amen. You know. I know we Happy all have something it. to share, so. Ooh, yeah. Please. Let's just try not to talk over each other. That's it. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if Gil's on there. Hi, Gil, too. I love him, too. Hello. Everybody. Hello. Hi, Gil. Hi, Donna. Thank you. I'll let y'all go first if y'all want to talk. And then I, I like listening sometimes. <laughs> Please, if you have something to share, 
Michael Joseph and I are here. We're waiting to hear it. Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out a, a little um, little testimony. Um, uh, <clears throat> I, um, I, uh, we listed our house that we uh, moved out of. Um, I, I, I wanted to wait till escrow closed. And so uh, we listed our house for, um, I think it was $25,000 over market value. And uh, that was the number that I wanted. And, uh, and in three days we had an offer um, and they accepted what we had, or were looking at getting. And, um, and uh, the cool thing was, is we only had one offer on the house. I mean, it, it was probably, you know, 30 or 40 people went through the house to look at it. And um, it only took one and the appraisal came back exactly <laughs> on the number that we wanted for the house. And uh, so I just wow. wanted to share that, uh, you know, that testimony. I wanted to wait till escrow closed, and that was on Thursday. And so I just wanted to, you know, let everyone know that, you know, just, you know, be faithful um, and believe, you know, believe that all things are possible, you know. And um, and I'm, you know, I'm very grateful for, um, for, um, for, for, for being able to, you know, have these, these type of experiences. So that's, that's pretty much my testimony. <laughs> well, that's great, brother. I mean, so 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 you basically you saw what you wanted to get from the house, and even though you know you only had one guy, you probably had tons of people seeing it, but it only took one to, to close the deal, right? It only it only took it only took one man, and um, and. Um, they fell in love with the house, and they had no qualms, you know, with the with the, with the asking price that we wanted, and um, wow. and ev- everything went like perfect. It, it closed thirty days exactly. Um, it was just it was just a really neat thing to to, to, to just to, to to hold hold to the faith, you know. Um, Amen. And and uh, it works. It works. It works. It works. <laughs> Yes, sir. Well, I would tell you this, that that is so rare. I, I, I used to do real estate as a part-time business. I would buy and sell foreclosed houses, fix them up and, and flip them, you know, um, retail them or wholesale them. And, uh, and I don't think I've ever closed a house in 30 days, okay, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Somebody's always got a punch list of things they want done, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they had a they had a little punch list of what it want what they wanted uh, or what the inspector found wrong with it, and uh, they just came back and you know there was probably like three or four items, just little things like you know fix a leaky faucet, you know get a pressure you know valve uh, fixed, you know just just minute stuff, you know nothing more than probably three or four hundred dollars worth of parts, you know in a couple of days worth of time and. And it just, it was perfect. It, it closed exactly 30 days um, from when they put in the offer. And it was, it was super smooth and super cool to see. Amen. Wow. Man. You get what you, get what you asked for. Like it says, faith without works is dead. And you walked in faith and therefore it became just as you saw it and spoke it out, brother. Amen. Amazing. Yes. Now that's a yes, great question. Yes, Well, thank you. It's, um, you know, 
I'm glad to I'm glad to share it with with you know with you good folks. And anyway, I don't know. Anyone else got anything good? Donnie, you got anything cooking? I probably did, but I don't know if it's my phone suddenly. I may not can say much right now. It all of a sudden started sounding like you know how it sounds real like you're in a well or you know fuzzy or something like that. Maybe it's my phone. I've got it plugged in. I don't know. I may see if anybody else wants to say anything. Maybe mine will clear up. If they don't, I probably will say something just because I got a big mouth. <laughs> you sound good. Uh, if, yep. Yeah. I don't. I didn't. I didn't hear anything. I know. That, yeah. It's more on. It's more on my end. That's so strange. Y'all sound real wobbly or whatever. But maybe it'll clear up. I, I plugged my phone in a while ago just to see if it needed a little more juice. So it may get a little bit better. But you know how it's hard when you can't hear. I don't know, it's like feedback with myself, too, which is kind of weird, but um, I want to rejoice and jump up and down, except my foot's sore. I want to jump up and down because you were okay with that hot water tank. I fully got that story. God, oh, my God, thank you, Yaba. He allowed that so that you wouldn't get hurt later. There was a multitude of reasons he allowed that. Wow. And I'm so thankful that you didn't get injured. That's truly miraculous. That's because you didn't live Oh, that's incredible. I've had things like that that happened later. I was so glad they happened. Uh, car things and all kinds of things where we would have been somewhere and gotten a bind. Because your first normal reaction, like you said, is to grumble and all that. And I'm learning not to grumble because I keep going back to those stories where, you know, when Israel grumbled, God did not like that. Oof. And so I'm trying to be careful. <laughs> I'm trying to look for the silver lining, you know, in everything, basically. All things work together for the good. And, and I had a challenge this week, and it looked like a nightmare, but God showed up and showed out. And uh, I don't know, it, it was a good thing it happened in the long run, is what I was going to say. It was just a similar thing. And then I just keep celebrating. Every time I hear Gil and Jim and I hear um, MJ, the way y'all talk about your wives just makes me want to crow or something, just holler, because you just don't hear that as much anymore. I work with men, and I love men. I just have always got along really well with men. I mean, I, they're all like my brothers. I've, I've worked around mechanics. I've worked around deputies. I've worked around every kind. Even growing up, we had a gas station. I just always have loved men, and I admire men. And I didn't have that complex where I wanted to be one. I just had the complex where I admired them. And, and you know, I liked I like things that y'all do. I like putting my hands on a wrench. I like going out and helping like a deputy. But I also like to be a woman. And I still like the strong man. And I want to be up under my husband. And so, but for me to see the way y'all cherish. A reason I think Gil was blessed. It just came to me while he was saying it. You are, I mean, you just ought to know how when Gil tells those stories my gosh, I just hang on the edge of the phone. Steve's looking at me and I go, whoa. <laughs> I mean, when Gil says that about I was thinking about my wife, I love my wife, the next thing my wife is over me, that is so beautiful and so needed in this world. It's so poetic. And then as a father, for the, when MJ talks about these children, I just am there. I'm like, what a great father. Because I work with children, 10, 11 years old. If y'all knew how mistreated most of them are by their families and how most of them don't have fathers, or if they do, it would be better off if they didn't. You don't know how I get so disheartened trying to, I can't take them all home with me, and I'm having to learn to visualize for them and not let it be a burden on me. When I come to this, it's like Yava himself is saying, but listen to this one that has a good father. Listen to this man that cherishes his wife, so don't be, don't let it pull you down. There are 
people that my remnant, my ecclesia, there's my people that are still doing this, Donna. Don't get so discouraged. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So all I have to say is bless you, bless you for the way y'all treat your families and just the type of men. And that's how come people are saying good looking and everything else. Your spirit, your looks, it's because they see Yaga all over you. And most people probably don't even smile at them. Most people don't even probably smile at them. Look, I, you know what's embarrassing to me? This is embarrassing to me. This is embarrassing to me. I go in the store. I'm in my uniform. I'm like, hey, what y'all doing? I talk to everybody. I'm up there joking, laughing. And it literally, it throws them off. It tears them up. They go, you're not a place. I go, yes, I am. I got they go, no, you're not. I go, yes, I am. Go, well, you're not like any place I ever met. Instead of me, it makes me feel bad. But they go, why? I go, well, the reason it makes me feel sad is every place should be like this. I don't know what you're talking about. They go, Miss Donna, you just don't know. I said, well, there are very good ones because our department, they are friendly. They're kind. Our sheriffs make sure that, and they say, but you don't know how many aren't. And that just breaks my heart. That's not just in the police profession. It's in every profession. People yeah, are not right. as loving. It's, it, that's what I say. And I used to walk in the classroom and people just, like the little kids that had never met me would just come out and you know, hug all over me. But now some of them are like, they watch the media, they go, you're the police. They put my daddy in jail. Da, da, da. And so I just say, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I go, I go, look. And I tell the children this, this is how I handle it. I say, well, you ever had a bad dog? They go, oh, yeah, bad dog. You ever had a good one? Yeah. You ever had a, seen a bad nurse or a bad doctor? I said, there's good and bad in all professions. And so... I love you. I'm here to protect and serve you. And by the end of there, they just adore me, and they're okay with the police, and they don't pay attention to the media. But y'all are just really um, bringing encouragement to me when I go in that classroom because I was about, after doing it for years, about to get really discouraged because I'd come home and say, Steve, I wish I could bring this little girl home with me. Steve, I wish I could bring this one home with me. Steve, this one's hurt and angry because of their father or mother. Steve, it's just getting to where. But when I get on the call, it's like I get happy and I see a good father like MJ and how he does for his son and daughter. And then I see Gil, how loving, and Jim is so kind. And I'm, I, it just renews my faith. I think one reason I'm a girl on here with these three men or four or whatever, I think it's because God wants me to get that feeling I used to about men, to keep that in my heart. Because my, I miss my daddy because he passed away and I miss him. And my sheriff passed away. I miss him. I miss Gary. There was a man named Mr. Spoli that I adored. He passed. My friend at work, Jerome, passed. I'm losing male figures in my life. It's just awful. But guess what? God opened it up. And look, here's some good ones right here that Gary hooked you up with. <laughs> I'm like, hey, hallelujah. So I just want to champion you guys. And I mostly say I needed that this week. I needed every bit of what you said, MJ. So thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. God bless well, you. It, well, you said to, to MJ, so I'd like to say something to you from my experience this week. You know, I had something that I, um, uh, a friend of mine gave me a king-size uh, cherry wood uh, sleigh bed. And uh, wow. he just gave it to me. He just, I mean, you know, wow. it's a thousand plus dollar, you know, thing. He just gave it to me. <laughs> and so I said, I thought, I got to think it to myself. You know, remember the story about the eunuch, and he's and and and, he, and his response was he's trying to read this, you know, the book of Isaiah. He said, "I can't make heads or tails of this." He said, "How can I, how can I know what it means if there's no one there to teach me?" And and so I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, "How can I expect my son to know mechanical things 
in this world today where where the school system is completely failing them and and, and then, it, then it hit me the school system is my agent if I sent to him off to the school system I'm the principal they're my agent and the ultimate responsibility with his education lies in me so so I said okay well if I want him to have some common sense about mechanical things so he doesn't have to be you know um, completely um, ignorant about how things work you know when he becomes a man then I've got to take the little things like putting together a bid which to me is so simple um, and I've got to say okay son this is this is the wrench we're going to select this look how we use the washer and the nut and the bolt here and show him you know and let him put his hands on it and uh, mm-hmm. let him do a little thinking for himself and and have patience to sit there and and watch him fiddle with it, you know. Uh, and and ultimately, what what I what I came to is, I'm sitting here watching him do this stuff, and 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 I'm I'm realizing like the, like you know my world is me it's it's me reflecting back, and so I'm watching this, wow. and, and I'm realizing that for me. Like when we talk about love for me now, Michael Joseph, just just me, it's respect. If you if you don't respect me, then you don't love me. As far as I'm concerned, okay. And I think a lot of men are like that. Whereas a woman feels love and needs to be told that she's loved and needs to be reached out and touched. Well, at least for me. If there's no respect there, then you can give me the touch and you can tell me you love me till the cows come home. But if you don't respect me, you don't love me. And that's a really big thing for me, you know. I think that's the same for women too. We do want we do want the touch and the I love you and all that, but we want respect too. We because we admire y'all so much and it would, yeah, we want your approval. Does that make sense? <laughs> well. That that was the other thing that I I um I was talking to this lady out in California and and she she told me one day she said she said, your wife wants to do everything for you that pleases you she she wants to do that but if you come at this through a dictator type of type of position you're going to turn her away even though internally. Mm-hmm. Uh, if she's true to herself internally, she wants to do this for you. So you have to come at it through love and patience, and 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 through gratitude and thanksgiving. And she will do all of that, and and in service to you, the husband, and to the family in general, it will give her tremendous um, feeling of of um, of well-being to cook for you all, to do these things that women do. In other words. You stay in your lane. I, I we've got these these you know uh, these these roles that that we play in our relationship, and they're defined. Okay, so we we've defined those roles for each other. But what I found was that when I started changing in into a role of um, into a position of gratitude and 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 uh, verbally thanking for. Um, for anything that she did for for um, for me personally or the family, and I, I I stood back and watched and watched how she she was only too happy to do those things. 
And, and, and that's really a strange thing because if you talk if you talk about the um, the so-called uh, quote unquote women's live movement, the, these people are out there. They would have you believe that women don't want to do these things. Though it makes women very unhappy to do these things for for men and their family. But I disagree completely. You know, oh, they I, I find I find that when I like okay when that wa- hot water heater went out, I was compelled the next day to do what I had to do to get that that hot water heater that hot water back on because they like hot water and by the way I like hot water okay but I didn't do it because I can put up with a cold shower hell I've been taking cold showers with the Wim Hof thing for a while now but but I know they like hot water and um, and so I did what I had to do in service to them to get that back on and I'm telling you it really felt good at the end of the day to be able to to do that for them, you know. Ooh, plus yeah. you're a good example. You're a good example to your son. Some lucky or blessed woman will have a wonderful husband because of the way you're showing him. My goodness, that's great. You, there's 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 a a um, John Mayer. He's got a he's got a song, and I don't remember what it, but he says he says fathers be good to your daughters because daughters will love like you do. I love that. And that's it. So, you know that song, right? You know the one I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah, Steve would love that. I love that song. So I take I take my daughter out. Now she's in college now, but when she comes home, I always try to make a date night, and I'll we'll get dressed up and uh, we'll go out, and I'll take her out and hold for you know, and do things that a man a man should just naturally do. Don't make me cry. Don't make me cry because but, I can see it. But you it. know it. And listen, oh, she'll pick a better man because of it. Oh my God. Well, there, that's the oh. thing. That she she <laughs> will actually hold the door for me when when I when I go to the thing. Oh. I, we're like fighting amongst each other to see who can hold the door right. for who. It and, and right. she'll turn it around on me and she'll say, oh. "Dad, chivalry's not dead," you know. And uh, I man, oh, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. So, Oh, As a result of that, I'm hoping that you she know, will not settle for for some numbskull because he's got a pretty face. Nope. I'm hoping that that you know she is going no, to have this. Hope. High hey, don't hope, claim it. Hey, don't hope, claim it. Ooh, no, claim it because you have done the right. You planted the seed. I'm telling you, they like to pick somebody like their fathers and look how you're living and doing. No, yes, she's going to be very picky. She's going to be picky. No, because. If you, the way it works, the ones that are bad to them, you watch because I work in law enforcement. The ones where their dads are bad or mean to them or mean to the mom, unfortunately, I mean, there are some exceptions because y'all can help them. But I'm saying as a general rule, look what they go do. They pick someone like that. So you're doing the reverse thing. You're planting the good seed, the very good, good seed. Oh, no. She will be so close to you, she will want your approval, too. You mark my words. Yeah. I got chill bumps on me. God is witnessing this because I got chill bumps all down my body. She <laughs> will do better because she's going to want your opinion where some <laughs> children don't. She's going to want Daddy to uh, be happy, too, and that is a beautiful thing. Oh, well, I told her. I told her we we had an hour conversation uh, the beginning of this week. She she wants to stay in in summer school, and she wants to. Uh, she got invited to do uh, to work in a laboratory, which they generally only give this opportunity for postgraduate students. But she's really really good at biology and chemistry, and so she, she is a a freshman 
got offered at the end of her freshman year to work in this laboratory, which is unheard of. And so I said, look, wow. you know, you, you've got a taste of, of adulthood. You, you've moved away. You learned how to manage your time. Now you need to start to learn how to manage your finances, and you need to, need to make a plan. You need to you know, go down here and, and, and figure out, can you make the bills? And don't come to me and say, Dad, can I have you know, a couple thousand dollars for summer school? I want you to go, go work on getting some grants, okay, because you're eligible now for some grants to do this. I want you to apply for them. I want you to step out and go to some dentist office and ask them can they can they use your services as a med tech you know during the summer. I want you to figure this all out because this is what this is what you know grown people do and it's time for you to to put on the pants of of, of someone that's grown and I don't want you telling this professor you can accept this position in his lab until you figured your finances out. Now I went and told that to my. Um, my mother-in-law and father-in-law, and I could see the looks on their face when I told them that. And and I thought to myself, you know, don't accept the looks on their face. I mean, they're looking at me like, just pay the, the couple thousand dollars. Come on. And and yes, I could easily pay the couple thousand dollars and do it for her. But think about the growth, the growth that she will Absolutely. experience and the joy in her heart that she will actually do something for herself, you know. But Brother um, Michael's also going to be more appreciative of the outcome because she was vested in it. I mean, she really will. I mean, you know, Dave Ramsey, the one that teaches about, you know, how to do money and all that. He had a lot of money at one point when his daughter was young. And I don't know, she wanted something that was simple. I don't know, it was maybe a couple hundred dollars, a Barbie doll. But he just wanted to practice what he preaches. And he talks about going to the store and teaching her and giving her allowance and letting her buy the doll. Anyway, she grows up and things, but that is the most treasured doll. All the other dolls went by the wayside, all the ones Grandma, Granddaddy got. That doll will never go anywhere because it involves her daddy and a lesson, and she grew up, and now she helps them, and she writes books for children about money. And But, I mean, so I, I caught some of what you're caught, catching, too. My in-laws thought I was too, they called it intense. You're an intense mama. And what, what that <laughs> meant for I said, well, I want to be intense. <laughs> I've got to be intense because because I care about all of the facets of her life. But they would do the same thing. They just couldn't help it. They wanted to spoil her. They had three boys. They didn't have – she was the first girl, granddaughter. It was rough. Okay, so <laughs> they did the same thing. They just wanted me to give her this, give her that. I didn't do it either. And honestly, oh, she is so independent. Oh, my goodness, she did so well. People go, how in the – I said, well – we just taught her. We made mistakes sometimes, too, and I was money. So we took her to some classes when she was young with us about money and money. Math. We did all of that. And now they brag and brag on Taylor because she's so, oh, she's making more than Steve. Or Aunt Wilma, I don't say more. But now she got her master's and she moved to Austin. I, the reason I say more is her package is better. It's going, my gosh, she hasn't even been there a year. And she's got a better package as far as, 401k than I do. I said, Steve, I know it. And so I'm just telling you, don't even worry. They call me intense. If they miss Kemper intense, I go, well, thank you, I guess. That's a compliment. <laughs> so, yeah, you did great. Man. Oh, well, I see, I see Jewish. women. I see women as um, as the symbol of the earth. And, and mm-hmm. even more than that, 
women are the symbol of nature in general because you know if you look at a woman she receives the seed when you look at the earth the earth receives seed so and then up comes the plant or the tree or out comes the baby and and so the woman in a sense is the bedrock and the foundation of society and if she doesn't see herself if she doesn't see herself to be valuable um in other words she chooses her king the king doesn't choose her she chooses her king all right and but she has got to know that she's valuable and she's got to she's got to um have a certain um confidence about herself and to me that confidence that healthy internal knowing um is is God in action, which is the Holy Spirit, the movement of the Holy Spirit in the being, you know, and and so it's a beautiful thing when you can, you know, raise a young child up to the point where they have two legs to stand on, and they're not just going to bow a knee to the first opportunity because it, you know, it looks good, you know. Don't settle. Um, chase your heart's delight and choose, you know, choose your king is what I'm trying to say, but. She's got to see the image of of a loving man, and if the dad doesn't portray that image, um, who else is she going to see it from? Is it going to come from the world that just wants to use her? You know, I doubt it. You know, I mean, you you just said Donna earlier how many young children you see that are it's just a really horrible thing, all the negative stuff. But horrible, gosh. Mm-hmm. And some of them are in a crack where I I try to get help for them. But some of the situations there's no real answer for, you know, it's in a gray area where even child protective or law enforcement or this agency, I've worked and worked. Some of them I've been able to get counseling though. That was the best. You just don't know how frustrated I get sometimes because there's not a, I can't take them home with me. But let me tell you something. After people call me intense, God showed me why that was good because when I walk in that classroom, Many times we have a little box and they can put questions in there. They're 10, 11, and I'm in my uniform. But anyway, when you walk in there and they got this little box and they can ask questions because that way it doesn't take away from the class time. And at the end, I'll answer their questions. A lot of them watch this. It's sad. They know immediately what type of character. You know, they just do. They know how I am. And they'll say stuff like, what would you do if your child did so-and-so. They want to know what I would do. And I know why they're asking that. It's because their parents aren't paying yeah, attention, yeah. aren't disciplined. Oh, it's heart-wrenching because I tell the truth of what I would do. I said, oh, my goodness, let me tell you. Taylor could tell you what I would do. And see, they look at people are wrong. These uh, parents that want to be their friend, that is going to be the worst situation to come home to. Terrible. I mean, to, you know, Terrible. It, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's the worst thing in the world you can do. And um, they don't really want you to do that till they're older, till they're grown, because they want to know you care about them, and they'll act out, and they will push until they get disciplined. And so some of these children, they're plunked down with iPads and uh, the cell phones and all these things. They're babysitting them, and they're watching things they shouldn't. They're doing everything in the world they can to get attention. They're still not getting it, so they get angry. And there you go. It's really a bad, it's going to be bad in our society. It's already starting to manifest just how bad this really is. And so the fact, I just love how you're taking time with them, time with them, and they're out from under a dang um, game or a game thing or whatever, you know what I'm saying. And so basically, mm-hmm. um, oh, man, I love hearing I that. love, I love what it you is, just said. I, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, Donna. I'm sorry. I thought you. It was a pause, but go ahead. No, I'm through. It's my phone's crazy. No, I'm through. I'm just going ooh because I'm, I'm glad you're saying this. I'm glad you're. Ooh, Lord. Well, I, I I love what you just said about um, having the courage to be to be a mom and dad and not be friend because, um, you know, my daughter told me and she's 19 and she's away from the home now, but she called me up. Um, Monday, and we had a good hour, probably an hour and a half conversation, really deep conversation. And she told me, she said, thanks for having the courage to discipline me. She says, I see that the girls on my hall, that their mom and dad just gave them everything they wanted to to pacify them. And she said, these girls are wild, you know. Yeah, they are. Yes, they are. Oh, girl. I'm proud of her. Go, girl. She's smart. Well, she I told her. Smart. I told her this. I said, "Look, said, my job. I, I I see myself as your host. I I'm your host here. Okay, and and I have the obligation since I made the decision to bring forth the child. I have the obligation now and the liability of you until you leave my my house. Okay, and uh, so." I take that serious. I'm not here to be your friend right now. And hopefully, if if I do my job okay, you know. And I told her, I told her about two years ago, I'm full of error. Okay, don't don't lift me up as to be something I'm not. I said because there's gonna be days when my ego and my anger are gonna get in the way, and you're gonna be real. I can be the biggest asshole you've ever met. Okay, so just understand that. But it, but I got good intentions here, and uh, so. At the end of the day, hopefully, it, when you're 20 in your in your 20s and you're you're out there pursuing your life and your goals, you can look back and then we can be friends. Okay, <laughs> we'll be friends then. Okay, and so I said, right now, you know, I'm gonna be dad. Okay, and Aww. so Aww. right, Aww, it's great. It's great. You get it. So that's that's how we roll. You know, I, I just, I just see, man. I've seen so many times where it's like, um, okay, there's a guy, um, and I highly recommend if you haven't seen it already. There's a guy named Adam Curtis, Adam um, Curtis, C-U-R-T-I-S-S. He made a, um, a four-part series called The Century of the Self. And you can look it up on the internet. It's a four-part series. They're each one hour long. And it's called the Century of the Self, and it goes through the um, each series goes through um, different psychological um, uh, methods that were broadcasted upon an unsuspecting um, population in order to control the population. And I think part two is that it's called "There's a Policeman in Everyone's Head, and He Must Die." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> something like that, okay? Uh, I highly recommend you watch part one and part two, but it re- what's really interesting to me, what I always remember about that series is it said that when when um, Bernays, who was Freud's nephew, came to America to teach um, how to control the masses through propaganda, and uh, what he taught was give them everything they want because underlying the appearance of rationale of a rational mind of a healthy rational mind 
is a completely irrational beast. And and I think if we're if we're very honest with ourselves, we will we we will freely admit that we all have the capacity if we if we were um, given the right circumstances to be just ravenous to you know I mean we we like to turn our nose down and say a Hitler or a Stalin or the and we look at these men as just absolute beasts but there could uh, honestly there could be situations. I could see forming that would that could bring me to a point of doing horrendous things, and especially if somebody messes with my family. Uh, and so I think everybody has this this um, completely irrational side of them. And what they found out was, in order to control, or they did this as an experiment to try to control the the irrational side of the population was just give them everything, give them anything they want because they treated the population as a um, as a spoiled child. And in comes the doctrine called parents patre, where the state becomes the father, okay? And, and the public, in a sense, becomes this irrational child that just wants what it wants and is going to throw a tantrum if it doesn't get what it wants. So just Not give them what it wants. Give them, give them what they want, and that then came in. Um, they got rid of debtors' prison, okay, and they brought in in '34. They brought in the Federal Reserve System, and to the to the point where it became open to the public, to the general public, and uh, um, you can't go to jail for for being, you know, in a debt. Debtors' prison is done away with. Uh, back in the day, if you went into a debt, not only were you on the hook for the debt, so was your family. You know, everybody that you were associated with family was also on the hook to pay that debt. All right, so you went off to debtor's prison. But the point of what I'm getting at is incomes, no money down, easy monthly payments, and you can have whatever your heart desires. That's terrible. That's terrible. And, and that is akin – that's the exact same model as a parent who says to their looks at their child and says, "Just put a movie in and just put some headphones on their heads and they'll, they'll, they'll be quiet. We won't have to deal with them. Just you know, plug them in, shut them up, and you know we'll have peace, right?" <laughs> but at the end the of the day, at, at the end of the day, you don't have peace because this unruly child at, at some point. You're not going to be able to give it what it wants, and by this time, he's a young adult, and that's a problem. You know. Oh my gosh! I know they're getting so smart, the children, which is good. They come here, but they start on those little um, iPads and iPhones and things when they're two and three now. And I read how bad that is for their eyes. Oh my gosh! It is so detrimental to their eyes. The blue light's bad on ours too, by the way because our eyes weren't meant to see that stuff. And so I'm taking some vitamins now that helps protect you against the blue light. And it's just, and, but they have these glasses. <clears throat> and I tell my friends about it, but I doubt they'll listen. If I had a child who was going to let them play with something, they have glasses for them. They're inexpensive and it helps protect their eyes. If they're, well, any age child, but if they're looking at a computer a lot or looking, because it does something to their retina and see they're still growing and they don't even know what all is going to happen with this generation because of this. So I think we're wiser and weaker the way the scripture says. And, and it's just technology's 
it's kind of almost scary at this point. That's why I like to hear y'all's stories about how y'all slow down and you stop and smell the roses and take your family and do things. And I'm like, oh, thank God. And I know I like technology too, but at least we grew up, we didn't have it for a while. So we, these generations are never going to know the difference of going out and playing with sticks and mud pies and all. I mean, that's kind of sad, you know. Take them camping, take them fishing. But I, look, here's the exactly. thing: is that the people exactly. who develop develop the the so-called smartphone and the iPad and things like that, they understood mm. um, the brain. They understood dopamine and serotonin. And and mm. like when you hear that, um, you know that ding. You know, like when you get a text or yeah, a ridiculous. email, like that. Right, it's like Pavlov's dogs. I mean, you you go to it like uh like it's food, like you're starving because somebody found me. Somebody found me. Somebody actually is trying to communicate with me. So it's a very um, it, it's selfishness is built into it. The satisfaction that somebody actually cares to send me something, um, it 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 ties in so deep to our psyche that I, I'm thinking. And I told Tom the other day, my business partner, and he told me that they're already in prototype models already, that I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if we don't see neural networks coming online where they take the iPhone out of your hand and put it in your head, okay? And he said they're already doing that by um, Google has yeah. created something that they can put in your glasses and they can they can put like a contact lens and put it in your eye, um, uh it's it's um, it's an AI type of machine, but here's the thing: is a human brain, you know, the 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 carnal mind, the carnal side of the man's intellect cannot compete with AI. I mean, I mean, chess has already shown us this. I mean, it it took this this machine, Leela. Uh, it took four hours for Leela to play itself. And Leela beat in four hours the uh, the strongest grandmaster out there, and within um, less than six months, Leela had a chess rating that was, I think, the highest chess rating today is like twenty nine hundred and change. Leela had a chess rating of uh, thirty five hundred in six months, and so how are you going to compete with AI like that? They can do literally ten million computations a second, darn near, right? If you just so. So what what it's going to do is is the 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 kids that take this technology into their into their head, they're going to lose their humanity. They're going to lose because oh, when I when I say lose it, I mean it's going to atrophy. They're going to they're going to they're going to lose that that um, ability to connect. To, no socialization. But see, here's the thing: how how are they going to be able to compete? In, if if they if if they don't take that, then the ones that do have it are going to be they're going to be like supermen. So so on the other hand, too, think think about what they're walking away from. That in, in their ignorance, they're walking away from connecting into the divine mind and in in tying into the to the spirit because they're relying solely on intellectual and and the the global mind. Which is the internet to resolve all their problems. So, so, but that's that's a a limitation because even if you took the world's intellect and pulled it together on 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 an internet and had it on a cloud somewhere, it's still the mind of man, which is subject to the five senses. So it's a total limitation on how you're going to solve your problems. And uh, so, 
the one who actually does not take that uh, neural network and and does know their god they're actually standing superior against this other one that's going to have access to ai but the world won't see it like that you know (laughs) they just won't see it like that but they can use your mind their mind like you to create things and then the world will take notice of them and wonder why they know how they got that be good well there's there's the book of revelation right there we know when it says in in revelation chapter 12 when it said a flood issued out of the mouth of the dragon so what comes out of someone's mouth lies so it, it they're talking about you know a flood of lies um, <laughs> if you take on this technology you know you'll be you'll be a superman you'll be you'll be like god okay you you know, and, and you will if you take that on you know Already we have it in the hand, you know, people are wearing it on the wrist and carry it in their hands. I mean, have you noticed how, how, um, like protective people are, are their cell phones? Like it's a baby. Oh, it's God. almost like it's a child. God. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They are. It's sad. I know. I, oh gosh. It's a mixed bag. Well, I try to tell the children, the class, they like it too. I talk to them about cell, I mean, not cell phones. Um, Oh my goodness, pay phones. I talked to him about when I used to have to stop. I drove a Jeep when I was young. I used to have to stop and call my mom. I'd get some quarters out and they go, What? <laughs> and I tell them about pay phones. There's very few left, so most of them don't want you know, unless they see it on TV. But I talked to them about it and they just are enthralled with that. And I said, Yeah, better than that, if you had to try to make a long distance call, you had to have a lot of quarters. They just are shocked and amazed at that, but they love that stuff. It's like Mayberry or to them hearing about it and I think they I don't know I think they think that's kind of cool because you know they're kind of jaded now another thing about that technology it's harder to keep their attention they're overstimulated when I used to walk in a classroom years ago it was so easy you have to really go through hoops to impress them because they've got too much does that make sense well because the dopamine Mm -hmm. and the serotonin drip if you can't make that flow happens very quickly then that feel-good sensation doesn't set in and they're they're looking for something else that can they can give them that harder and harder because what we would have loved as a child it blows my mind what all they have now like as a child we never had all this stuff that they do with them we never had them come in and bring houses for them to jump in we didn't have field days where they take them everywhere we didn't have movie day and popcorn day at school we didn't have candy a lot of candy we didn't have all that but do you know it gets to where none of that means anything to them they act ugly while they're doing that they act terrible the more you're right the more they give them at school the worse their grades are then they try to give them more as a reward it doesn't work i know you're you're singing my song right now my gosh you're singing my song what i've been Mm. you know but what did we have we had our imaginations oh. and we knew how to yeah. use it. You know, we go out with what a I cap mean. gun or a can and we play all day long with that can, you know. Oh my gosh, it was yeah. great. It was great. It was so much fun. And and my daddy and mom owned a skating rink and you just don't know how much fun we had. Oh my gosh, it was such a simple time. And those mu- the music back then was good. Now the music, if you went to the skate rink, you'd be like, dear Lord, I couldn't skate to it. I'm just telling you, the music was so cool. And to do the limbo and the hokey-pokey and, oh, to, to skate under the mirror ball and get to do a couples only. They don't know about all this anymore. <laughs> yeah, they don't. It's sad. sad. Mm. 
I'm so, glad you. So, you, so as the parent, we we got to be like, um, and you know, my wife, she corrects me all the time because sometimes I I get I get a little frustrated because I'm thinking he should know this. Why doesn't he know this? You know, I mean, have the schools really done that horrible of job? How, how doesn't he know this? You know, and she's like, well, just you know, look at what you're dealing with. Look look at the what's in front of you and realize he doesn't know it. So right. so then what are you so gonna I, do about it? You know, are you gonna teach it to him or are you gonna grumble right in front of his face that he doesn't know it and call him dumb or whatever, or are you gonna actually build him up and and teach him, you know? So I, look, it's funny, I'll share this story because it makes me laugh. My serpentine belt went out on my Jeep um, one year, and um, I had to have it. Had to have the Jeep the next day. So Andrew and I are out in the garage, both of us in our underwear with no shirts on, changing the serpentine belt. <laughs> My wife comes out in the garage. She says, "What in the world are you two doing?" And both of us are covered in oil. <laughs> We're covered in grease, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to teach the boy how to change the serpentine belt, you know. <laughs> he said he's a little he's a little young for that. He's only like eight years old. I said, Hey, it's never too <laughs> never too early to learn, you know. <laughs> but, but that that's something he's gonna remember and something that you you the time you spent with him and what you showed him and taught him. If you ask him, I bet he says, Yeah, I remember that, Dad. Because that's yeah, that's my thing. When we go out in the cul-de-sac, I I, I put a uh, um, a basketball goal out in the middle of the street there, and uh, and so when we go out there to play basketball, I go out there and I try to beat him. Now he's 14 now, and he's starting to get to the point where he could run the old man off the court. But um, I seriously try to beat him, and so you know. Uh, I told him, I've told him and told him the day is going to come when you'll just beat the tar out of me and I'll just have to hang it up. I said, but until that day comes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run you off the court every time. And I'll just, you know, if I get lucky and start, you know, get in the zone and start sinking them, you know, oh, you should hear me talking junk. I will just sing, you know, the, you know <laughs> you're going to let an old man beat you. You know, just, I, I just love it, right? So, but the point is, is I want him to get that fire in him. I want that fire yes, in his belly yes. that this is business is competition. You go out here and you're you're um you're not active and you're not engaged. People will run you over and they won't even look back. Okay. So you know, you gotta have that fire to compete, you know, to to struggle and to uh, overcome. And it's not good enough to just say, okay, let's go out there and run. If you want to run, go get out on a track and go running, you know. But we're going to play a game, and we're going to try to win. If if you're not trying to win, is what I'm what I'm trying to teach him. If you're not trying to win, then don't play the game. Right. And that's how I view right. life. It's like winning. Winning to me is you know I'm I'm searching and diligently seeking um, as much as I can in the scriptures to, to know, to actually, actually have a experiential knowing. And, um, and to me, that's winning. And, and if, we're, if we're not trying to win, if we're, if we're not actively pursuing uh, winning, then we may as well not even be playing. We're like walking dead. 
You're reminding me of a story a trooper told. Boy, there's some good police out there. People don't realize he told us this. And I was like, I wanted to cry. He goes, I got real hard because of seeing so much bad stuff. I just about freaked out. He said, I was just, I said, I understand. He said, and I felt bad because it's hard for me to come home and be with my children. It takes me a while to even unwind and everything. And he said, but uh, another trooper told me what to do, and I did it. And he said, my neighbors thought I was nuts for a while until <laughs> they finally figured out why. What he would do when he got out of his car to go up the driveway, he was sitting there thinking about, well, my boss said I didn't do this right. Well, this man yelled at me, and I had to be professional. This one here did this, and I saw this man be mean to a dog. And all the horrible stuff he saw, he would go over to this tree, and he would pretend he was taking something off his uniform and hanging it on the tree. There really wasn't anything, but it was like he was hanging ornaments on a tree out in the front yard. Every day they said this trooper would go, and they probably lost his mind at first. Nobody understood it because he would stand there, and he might brush it off of his lapel and hang it up high. like He, was, he would do that, and he'd kind of shake himself, and he'd go to the door. And when he went in the door, this is the secret to what he did, he hung all those worries, all those cares, all the burdens up on that tree, all having to be professional. He hung it all up there as a symbol of when he went in the door, he was daddy. When he went in the door, he was happy. Then when he went back out, they said just symbolically, he would stop and kind of put a few back on him and go on symbolically. Say, i got to be back in this mode to make my living and be a good. I love that story. I never, and I'm glad you reminded me of that story because sometimes, oh, and another one said that what, would happen when he came home he would come in and he was grumpy and the wife and, and what you said MJ goes with this the wife would want his attention because she'd been home with the kids all day and she would all of them would run up to him and he was kind of mean to them he was frustrated with them and he was just kind of and they were like daddy's home and everybody was so disappointed because everybody runs to the door including the dog and he would just be mean and grumpy and she finally another woman said okay let me tell you what you do because he has really been through it today and he just can't come in and make that transition. He just, he needs a moment to go from one. She, he said, she said, do something nice for him. So the wife started, like when he come in, she'd go draw his bath water. She might light a candle. They would go and get his slippers. They would, they, she would stop talking to him and say, kids, don't talk to daddy for a minute. Honey, go take a bath. Honey, what can we bring? They all started doing that. Oh my goodness, it turned that family upside down around. He realized what he was doing without, because if she had just done like most women want to say, you don't do, you're me, that, that, that doesn't work. So the, the wise woman just said, make him comfortable, make him happy, realize what, he, and I know you want him to come in and realize how hard you've had it with these diapers, but y'all just make it the transit. So once she did that, she said that she didn't even really have to do that every time. It was just like he looked forward to coming in, and he just needed a few minutes. And it can work for women, too, that she might need a few minutes of time when he comes in. So what y'all are saying tonight's reminding me of these stories I'd forgotten about. Glad you told me because I may need to share those with people with cops. And another story you're reminding me of, I cannot believe this, that I forgot about this. Um, there was a um, man that was a great cop, and he always gives us a lesson on stress. And so, um, like, we go to a convention every year, and I take his class every year, even though I've heard it, because it's on stress, and it's how to handle our jobs and how to not be sad all the time and bring it home. And every year, every year, and these children now are grown. MJ, these, it, oh my gosh, when you said that about y'all had 
oil on you. And you were, I could see it, and I was just rolling. I said, but look, this is what he showed. He said one day he'd come home, and he does crisis intervention, like, you know, somebody's killed and all that. So he really has a rough time. And he said when he came home, he realized he was doing the same thing. He wasn't in a good mood. He wasn't. And so what happened was he said he came home one day, and he said that um, – let me see how he said it. My mom's phone's ringing. Basically, what happened, he said that um, when he came home, he, he met him at the door, and he said, I, Daddy just does not feel like um, talking right now. Daddy's had a bad day. I'm not going to do anything. And it was raining outside. And the kid said, but we want to play outside. And he said, well, that's foolish. It's raining. There's mud out there, and we can't do that. And the, the wife did like your wise wife. She said, honey. You've got to be a kid again. You were always so much fun. You had so much joy. And I know your job is hard, but you've got to play. You've got to let go. You can't be let it get to you. So he said, you know what he did? This is beautiful. Mom's phone was ringing, so I was distracted. What he did, changed him too. He said, what I did was, I go, why am I doing that? Why am I not playing? This isn't helping me. And so what he did, he got on the four-wheeler. It was raining, too. The wife was laughing because it was really kind of crazy. He put those kids on the four-wheeler, and, and they got on it. They had mud from top to bottom. There was mud. He said, you should have seen what we looked like. And he, so he puts a picture up on the screen every year, and every year I take it, and every year I laugh. That is the most joyous picture I think I've ever seen, bar none. Those children, you can see every tooth in their head. And all you could see was eyes. There was so much mud, you could see teeth and eyes. On him, you could see nothing but pure joy like Snoopy. All you could see was a little bit of teeth and eyes. There was mud. There was mud inside that. Uh, I mean, just all over them. And so every year he says, now, he said, I will never forget this the rest of my life. They never forget it. We laugh and laugh about the time we did that. He said, every year I show this to thousands and thousands of officers. And he said, what if I had missed that? What if I had missed that? So when you told that, it brought it back. I forgot because I haven't taken that class in a few years. But I tell you what, you brought that back to my remembrance. It'll help me to do better, too, because it helped me to not bring that into the house, you know? So thank yeah. you for that. Thank you. That's a great story. Yeah, that's, that was awesome. Oh, you ought to see the picture. I would all. I don't want to see y'all in the underwear, but I do think it would be funny to see that picture. But it, it, they, <laughs> <laughs> I think I oh, it was it was funny, all right. It was, it was absolutely. I can that. That's funny. I know that's funny. That's hysterical. I took two years of auto mechanics. I'm very weird. I did at Votech two years because my daddy had a he had a um, gas station. And what he would do is let me work out there. And I got tired of um, just doing like the register. And I'd say, why can't I change the oil? And my brothers were younger, so they didn't really change oil either. But I'd say, I want to change oil. He said, well, you better, you better um, run the register. And yeah, I don't blame him. And he'd say, you better read the pumps and all that. I wanted to change that oil. And I had a Jeep. He made the mistake of letting my first car be a Jeep. And so I liked that. And I, so I called down there and said, can women go to the Votech for mechanics? And my mom and dad, they did not think they would let me, really. It was in the 70s. Honey, not only did they let me, I loved it. So when you talk about your Jeep, I have flashbacks to how much fun I had with that because I took that, and that helped me too. But then I went to college and got law enforcement. But see, I love mechanic work. So when you said, I used to come home with stuff all over me. I wore overalls. 
And you'd think being a girl, I'd be cleaner, but I was horrible because I would sit in the engine because I was small, so I would just crawl. Back in that day, they would have, like, big engines, remember, in the 70s, and so you could sit inside the engine literally and work on it. So I would get oil on it. So I, I'm relating to you. Especially on a Jeep. You, you could reach, you could damn near reach around a Jeep. You get in there and crawl around inside. But but was <laughs> one funny thing I didn't tell you about the uh, – the uh, when Kim came out in the garage and saw us working out in the garage, she she said, "What are y'all doing out here?" Like, something like that, right? And I looked at Andrew and I said, "Drew," and he couldn't have been seven, eight years old at the time. I said, "I said, Drew, tell her, say, woman, get in the house." <laughs> he turned around. He turned around to his mom and said, "Woman, get in the house." <laughs> oh my! She she looked at me and I said. I, I, she looked at me and I said, "Drew, how dare you talk to your mom like that?" <laughs> oh my God! Oh my! Oh, oh Lord! You know, so you gotta have fun too, you know. So, oh yeah. Well, you're funny. Oh, that was good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's good for the spirit to laugh a little bit, but yeah, you're you're right. I mean, I just um, to me. There's a book that um, a friend of mine gave me a while back. It's called Malignant Self-Love, and, and, and it's all about narcissistic uh, sociopathic behavior. And, and I would recommend everybody to go read that book. I mean, it is amazing how, how much of that is prevalent in today's society. And, um, and, and the root of it is in – it all ties back to um, – to having your desires fulfilled and and the the different dopamine and serotonin drip that happens in the brain and if you go look at like a a drug addiction it's the same thing it's exactly the same thing and or a sexual addiction it's it's literally that's why pornography is so horrible to introduce pornography to it to a young child because um by the time he's a young man he's he's graduated into so many different perversions just to uh have the same buzz that he that he got when he first started that God knows where he ends up in a very very negative space so um but when you understand the psychology and you understand the biochemistry of what's going on and you know you can have patience with people even you know people that are like severely ADD you know that they call them ADHD and ADD I used to think that this was all made up, that, you know, oh, this is just some, some kooky doctor that just made all this up. Well, I'm telling you, after dealing with this in my life, um, with people that, um, um, sons and daughters of um, of my friend and even his own wife, this ain't made up stuff. This is real. And people, uh, it's all tied back to to this irrational side of man in and um and the the biochemistry of what's going on in the brain and uh it just you know trying to find that happy medium in balance and in good healthy living and and bringing people into the um into the center of showing them the benevolence of living in in accord with divine mind in harmony with divine mind they can still have that that satiation, that good, that good feeling, you know. Uh, but it, it now is is no longer um, a function of getting what they want. It's a function of giving somebody else what they want. 
and it's really kind of an amazing thing when you see like Jesus teacher says uh, it's better to uh to give than receive and you start getting that uh, that buzz off of serving other people and i believe that that is the root of uh, true happiness um i think that's the root and that's the tree that's all of it and then uh, yep Maddie, are you on the are you on the call tonight? I uh, hadn't heard from you. I saw that you're you're in here. If you can if you can hear, uh, un- unmute and say some words. I've got them unmuted. I unmuted everyone, so they should be able to come in here and say what they need to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe he's maybe he's just working on something right now. But hey, hey, guys. I there was, you are. I was in the I was in the house and uh, everybody's asleep, and so I was um, I was muted on my side, listening in. So I had to I had to get up, and unlock the door, and come outside. <laughs> so yeah, I've been listening in. Great stuff, great stuff. Yeah, man. So, you know, I know you and I talk quite a bit about, um, like, Dan Winter's work and the um, – we get into the um, uh, the, the hyperbole and the, the toroid, the upper toroid and the lower toroid and the heart and how, you know, Dan Winters talks about the squirt that happens in the brain, you know. Uh, and uh, it's really interesting yeah, the squirt that – the physical side of man is actually happening. The same thing is happening inside of the brain, and uh, um, you know the activation right. of those those two glands in the brain. Um, just as the woman has the Bartolin and the Skeen's gland inside of her, you know, vagina, uh, the, we all have the pituitary and the pineal. Um, and uh, and so when that squirt that squirt happens, you've entered into the land of the land of milk, the the pituitary, and the land of honey, the um, the pineal, you know. Oh, absolutely, yeah. and, and especially when you're not uh, you're not expecting it to happen. <laughs> now that's always interesting because then you get like this. Uh, this geomet I don't know about you, but the I remember I remember was it years back when you were telling me about how all of a sudden you know you just were like you had perfect understanding of the um of the of the cube the hyperspace cube as you you were like inside of this thing you kept seeing the pyramid right yeah yeah I was in uh, the well of course at the time I had no idea what I was what I was looking at um but yeah later on. Uh, I, I realized what uh, what I was seeing was inside of the vortex, inside of the you'd say the hyperbole or the um, the um, it, it'd be the the um, the electric field, the electric field. And Dan Winter speaks on the uh, he always speaks on phase conjugate dielectrics. And so, but at the time, uh, you know, I saw this with. My eyes closed. My eyes were closed, but I I had perfect vision of of this whatever it was I was looking at, and it was um, it was pretty it was pretty life changing. That's for sure because I I was I didn't know anything about 
astral projection. I didn't know anything about third, the third eye or the pineal gland at the time. And so to have this experience, um, it was quite, uh, it wasn't frightening, uh, but I was, I was praying, you know, with my perception back then, I was like, you know, Hey, I, I hope I'm not, you know, seeing something I'm not supposed to see, you know, if I'm, if this is before my time to see this, you know, I pray that, that, uh, that, that it stops. So I was a little, um, I was, I was a little cautious there, but the feeling I had was just absolute peace. And so, uh, at one point, you know, I'm laying on the floor in my, uh, in my bedroom and I've got a house full of people. And this, this is my pineal gland decides to open, you know, when I'm got a house full of people. And so I, um, I felt like at one point I was I could I was leaving my body. Matter of fact, I was at a point where I I felt like I could turn around and look at myself uh, lying on the floor. And uh, so, of course, that that was the moment that uh, that that opened up a door uh, in me. And I, you know, just a, I had so many questions at that point. That no not, no religious. Um, Nothing in the religions and that I grew up in and, and the traditions that I, I was brought up in, they didn't have any answer for that. And so I remember, Michael, when I – it just – it had happened when I first met you, and we were at Sakura. Yeah, you were in Tennessee. You were at Tennessee. We just went – we went – you were living in Tennessee on those 22 acres, right? And we went to Sakura yeah. together shortly. Okay, go ahead. Yep. Yeah, we met in Pigeon Forge, and that's uh, the first Dakota I think I – Oh, yeah, I, that's right. I think that was the first one I ever attended, uh, and so you were there, and your da- you know your daughter, and and I remember standing out in front of that cabin and asking, telling you about what happened. And I was like, "What the hell is going on?" You, know? <laughs> you were the first person to ever go, "Oh man, yeah, uh, you know your pineal gland opened." We just started, you know, talking, just talking away, and and I, you know, started studying, and then of course from that moment on, you started sharing all kinds of stuff with me through the years and and i you know i went and started studying all this stuff so yeah uh it was years later uh then i ran across dan winter and and uh started understanding holy lord this is all connected that's you know the same toroidal field that um is the earth is also your heart and your heart puts off the same electromagnetic pulse um, and so he talks about the heart and, um, they've actually, he's actually, Dan Winter has, has measured, um, the, the heart wave, the frequency that's coming off the heart when someone is in a meditative, uh, bliss experience. Um, they've actually measured the, the heart wave, the heart math, and it goes into a, uh, um, it goes into a, um, um, I want to say the Fibonacci sequence, but it goes into a a a, a uh, gold mean spiral, basically. Right. So um, just stop right so, there. Stop right there for a second. That golden mean spiral in the Book of Kings, it, it talks about the stairway that winds and it's to the place in the right side of the house, right as they go up. That's your that's, right. that's your golden that's your golden mean spiral, um, and and then also that that connects you. Like you're like that wave he's talking about is the is the sympathetic it's it's falling into that if you think about a river but the river is vibrating at a certain sympathetic frequency 
as, as we come to, to align ourselves or come to the atonement or the at-one-ment, if you think of man as sort of an antenna, if we come to align ourselves with that one river, it's just kind of like taking your, um, your dial on the radio and dialing in to, say, 105 FM. You, you can't hear 105 FM if you're at 103 FM. You've got to dial it to exactly 105, and you can hear it. And, and so sympathetically aligning to that frequency opens the door. Absolutely. And the only um, vibration that, um, that, that the only door, and it is the door, is the frequency of love, right? Okay, so, you know, right. the heart is, or 528 hertz, 528 hertz is the, is the heart, is the heart chakra, it's the heart frequency, you know, and um, I, don't, I don't know, if we've, I know we've talked about, um, and I cannot think of his name right now, but he talks a lot about the solfeggio, the, the ancient solfeggio frequencies um, that are actually found in the book of Numbers. Um, and and uh, there was a, a man that figured it out, but, you know, when it's talking about counting all the plates and the bowls and, the, and all the utensils in the, in the, in the, you know, in the temple and the tabernacle, and they, they, you know how it just goes, it's repetitious. How, who cares how many plates? Who cares how many right. bowls and all this right. stuff? Well, if you count the, the numbers of you know how many plates, how many whatever, it was a mathematical equation, and it was doing it repeating. It was repeating the solfeggio uh, numbers, um, the, all nine solfeggio numbers, and it, it, it's kind of a uh, uh, you know it's in the book of numbers, which makes oh you know, actually. Sense. So, um, I know, I know the the one you're talking about. You know that was I'm that guy about. who um who who was talking about how the ancient temples were laid out and how at the cross is where the cross is the navel of man and um, the stomach of man, the the belly button, the navel of. Uh, and what they would do is they would set the organ so that if you were sitting at the cross of the of the um, um, the cathedral. When they played and they came in on like a 432 or a 528, uh, it would it would lift your spirit because it, it, it's aligning to that sympathetic uh, vibration. Oh yeah, so, you're talking about Eric right? P. Dollard. Yeah, Eric P. Dollard sitting in the uh, in the cathedral and they had the the organs and they were all. He said that was the it was the cathedral that is in the like you said the cross. Um, it, uh, the one that burned actually I think was in the same kind of. Um, it looks like a cross from the sky, you know, and so the four beams are loaded, all of them are loaded, and the horns are all, or the pipes are all focused in the center of the church, and he said there was a couple seats in the church that if you pick those seats and he sat there, um, you know, when those waves crossed, he said basically the, the organ was like a, 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 it was an analog computer. It, they would change the waveform with the pipes and the, he said, they can't even, they can't do that now. He said, nobody knows it's a, how. It's a transform. That, it's a transform. Yeah. And so the, the people would have out-of-body experiences uh, and not know why, but it, it, that was what, they had set it up mathematically, understanding what was being told, and the secret meanings of these of these scriptures, so that the old cathedrals were set up so that when you came to church you would leave just completely energized and ready to take on the day you know absolutely you know and and those those uh those buildings obviously are are few and far between now because all we have is uh, you know a bunch of metal buildings for churches and that always makes me laugh a little bit and i'm like you know these 
<laughs> these guys are going into an aluminum building, uh, which is basically a, just a big Faraday cage, and they're all wanting the, the, the spirit to show up. I'm like, well, how the hell can spirits show up if you're inside of a Faraday cage? <laughs> Anyway, yeah, because I, I, there is a um, there's. I mean, I, I I feel what you're saying there because we are bioelectric um, beings, and and, and, a, and a moving and a moving electric field creates a uh, magnetic field uh, 90 degrees apart from it. So we are. Um, you could even go as far as to say that um, um, magnetism and electricity are twins. Or you could even say, if you don't want to use the twin analogy, you could say that they're um, one's male and one's one's female, depending on which one's moving. Because a moving right. uh, electricity moving creates a magnetic field, but when you have a magnetic field moving, it creates electricity. So, so one's one can be male, and it depends on which one's moving. Well, we are um, bioelectric systems in the sense we're batteries. And, and tapping into this inner uh, frequency allows us to tap into what, what the ancients called it, the ether, um, which, believe it or not, um, scientists are really starting to, you know, really, even though their physics, their physics and their metaphysics aren't really coming in quite harmony, but they're, not, they're no longer turning their back on um, the metaphysical ether because Quantum mechanics is now showing them that there's more void space than there is real space. Because yes. when you get down to the heart of um, of the components that are vibrating, they find that everything is separated. It's not really connected. So there's some kind right. of force that's holding these things together. And, and that, you know, uh, how does it, because the Kabbalion says, um, all is mind. And and then it says um, everything's in vibration. So that means even our thoughts are in vibration, and our thoughts are actually spiritual beings. Absolutely. Uh, which, Absolutely. which is what Jesus is telling us that as a man thinks in his heart. And now now you now you're getting down to yes. this just um, as a man is or thinks what he takes into his heart, that's who he is. So what we're trying to do, that's why you, I think you hit it right on the head when you said love is the key which unlocks the door. Uh, the door will not fling open until we come to a state of love and service to each other, um, which is really beautiful that that uh, everybody, and when you get out on the Internet, I see so many people are searching for um, what I'll call powers, or manifestation, they want to know how to manifest, that kind of thing, right? But if they're not coming at it from the standpoint of love, I think they're coming at it from a carnal perspective. And in the, I don't believe that the true the true powers, the um, maybe true powers is the wrong way to say it, but I, I believe that certain aspects will remain hidden to them until they come to a to a lifestyle of love and service to to their brethren. Uh, what, oh, do you, what do you think? Absolutely. absolutely. Well, no, I, you know, I, I was. I, we talked about this show, The Magicians, uh, quite a bit, and um, uh, I haven't started the new season because it's on a, uh, you know, it's on uh, Sky, whatever, whatever it's on, but um, it comes out on Netflix, you know, and I can just binge watch the whole thing. But um, 
And and one of the things that when we talked about this before, you know, they're they're on there and they're using magic, all right, you know, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it does it doesn't exist. I mean, I know that stuff exists. However, I I, I like the story and I found that that you know they would use magic to try to fix stuff. You know, they well I can just I just wave a magic wand or I can just use magic to fix stuff. And it, they found they came to the conclusion that. Every time they try to fix stuff with magic, they, they end up making it worse than it was before. And that is because the carnal mind with using magic with the carnal mind is just like you're you're just you're just goo goo gaga, baby crap. You know, you don't understand that what you're putting out there is coming right back to you. So right. <laughs> Especially if it's not happens. if it's not contemplating if you're not contemplating the good for for everybody involved, so that means you got to get really really specific with the prayer, because you got to be. You know, what do they say? Be careful what you ask for; you just might get it all. And you got to be super specific and give it some thought before you issue the prayer, because it, it's going to boomerang right back to to us if if um, if the state is rejected, you know, uh, by others. Absolutely, yep. and and. You know, you see the development of these characters, and they all have to go through their own emotional and and you know physical you know um, stuff. And then at the end of it, they you know they realize you know that they're. Um, I think this last season, you know, somebody you know sacrificed himself for a friend, and it was like now ah, we get Jesus archetype. Gritty. Yeah, the Jesus archetype, right? Because. Think of the prayer. Quit think of to quit thinking of Jesus. Uh, to think of Jesus like this as a prayer archetype, and and now you start to see that in the Jesus archetype that this is a prayer which is total benevolent sacrifice for the mutual good of the all, Absolutely. and and yes. that can't come back in a negative way. It's a total sacrifice in love, and that's really beautiful, you know. Yeah, so it, it it is beautiful thing to be able to watch shows and not just watch it on the surface level, but actually, I'm watching stuff now and I just I'm always going internal with it. <laughs> I mean, it just it's like I can't I can't even help it anymore. I watch something and I'm I'm going right to the what's the what's the um, um, what's the parable here? What's what's this mean? And and uh, it's amazing. Um, I know Jordan Peterson talks about movies and the different you know. Um, parallels there but it's true i mean i think we've talked about that for years the matrix of course you know has been one of my favorite favorite films you know to it's quote interesting to about them. like um if you start to really like you know the big lebowski the movie the big lebowski right oh, yeah, it's, the dude. It, it's a comedy it's hilarious you know um but when you break down the big lebowski when you start to see the entire movie from beginning to end it's about one man's consciousness, and each of these players are playing different roles in the psyche. Um, and and so, like Donnie, for instance, Donnie is the heart. If you'll notice, Donnie is always dressed in green, and the heart chakra when it comes on is green. The field of vision is green. You know, and um, I let he he makes me lay down in beds of green pasture. And then in another place in the yeah. um, in the Song of Solomon, he says our bed is green. And 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 um, Walter. Is the um, is the uh, the ego the central ego and Walter is always telling Donnie to shut the f up because the yeah, central right. ego doesn't want to hear from the heart. The central ego yeah. wants to be in total control, right? <laughs> and so yeah. the dude 
You remember where the dude when he when he's um, he's sitting there, he's in the bathtub, and the nihilists, the ones who don't care, come in there, and the the nihilists are the ones who baptize him, right? He gets dunked underwater yeah. in the tub, and then yeah. uh, in oh, the, the toilet, toilet, yeah, and then toilet, and then he's yeah. seen. It's funny because the next scene, he's sitting on the toilet, and he's got his sunglasses on. And and the sunglasses he he's wear he now wears his sunglasses at night because he can now see he can now see see. in the dark. You see, he he's the wise owl. He now sees in the dark. He's been enlightened, you know. Right. (laughs) It's crazy, though. It's all over the place. It's every. It's it's. um, You know, I try not to watch it as much. You know, television I used to, but you know, I'll find it. A series that I like, and I'll watch a little bit of it at a time, and and just really see the parables in it. And uh, it's it's pretty wild. The truth is out there, man. It's just you know, what's your perception, you know? And well, remember Isaiah chapter six. The question that came forth from the throne is, who will go for us, and how long? And he said, go and show these people. All right. So so Hollywood is showing us these these archetypes. But they're showing us in, in symbols. They they've developed different metaphysics, and they're showing this. They're showing us these things in symbolic form, and seeing that they do not see, and hearing they do not hear. So we go into movies, and we watch a movie like The Matrix, or we watch a movie like Vanilla Sky, and we walk away, or say 2001, and we walk away, and we think. I know I saw something, but I'm not quite sure what it was. You know? <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm pretty exactly. sure I saw something, though, you know. And, uh, you know, 2001 is incredible when you have somebody break it down for you and you realize that 2001 is absolutely um incredible movie. At the very end, when you see the old man and the baby, this is the Christ child. This is the Christ in you being birthed, and uh, this is – the my Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand while your enemies become you know footstool in the sense that the the son now comes to you and introduces you to the father, and the father says to you, you're the son, you're my beloved and the the entire movie is about you know um the maturation of mankind uh and the ultimate goal is apotheosis and and godhood. Uh, the the un the the tearing of the veil and the revealing of of um, unity that the Son of Man and Son of God are are the are the temple of God, right? And so it's it's really kind of a beautiful thing uh, once the symbols are revealed, and you can go like for instance Vanilla Sky. Okay, Vanilla Sky is all about the uh, psyche of one man, and you know the the, the psychiatrist. Who is the the guy who's interviewing the Tom Cruise character? Um, uh, by the way, Tom Cruise's character is called David, as in David, my beloved, right? And mm-hmm. uh, right. So, um, but the psychiatrist is the ego, and it's revealed at the very end. Um, That's right. Know, That's right. He's the ego, and he's not real. He's all fabricated. It's just all a fabrication. <laughs> so right. he turns to the David. Top, on the top of that, they're on the top of that building, right? With it, um, with the Holy, the Holy Spirit, the woman. The woman is the Holy Spirit, and he's in total, total infatuation and total love. Um, in 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 he he now his his conscience has been awakened, 
and it's been a beautiful transformation of mind, and the question is put forward to them, do you want to go back to sleep or do you want to wake up? And and now he's awakened. His conscience is, is, is he's aware, he's alive, he understands his impact on the world around him, and he chooses to be awake, which I think is really beautiful. It's a beautiful message, which is, you know, so there, so you know, a lot of people will tell you about Hollywood, and there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on in Hollywood. No, I'm not one of these guys who says, you know, I'm, I'm apologetic for Hollywood, but they put out some really good stuff too. And um, oh, absolutely. And e- even in places where you wouldn't even think to look, you if you're if you're aware of the archetypes, you start to pick up on them. In, in movies that you're like, oh, geez, look at this one right here, you know? <laughs> there it is. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, like my I said, wife I see it in every movie I've, I've watched now. I see it in, I mean, everything. A commercial. I see it in the commercials, dang it. I mean, shoot. <laughs> like, I see what you're doing there. I'm talking to the television. I know what you're doing over there. I see you. I hear what you're trying to do. You know, <laughs> cancel, cancel, cancel. Okay, you know the Doritos commercials, right? Where they got the the poor young sap riding in the car. He's driving the car, and there's this super hot, sexy woman in a red dress sitting beside him, right? And that super hot, sexy woman in the red dress is Lucifer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're just showing it. They're showing you a funny commercial, but if you turn down the sound and just watch what they're showing you, it it shows you a completely different story. Just don't. Don't listen to the sound. Just watch the commercial. And, uh, yeah, were you, and you listening or were you there. looking at the woman? Yeah. Were, were you listening or were you looking at the woman in the red dress? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, you know what? And, and, and you start to see that a lot of these movies are based in Gnostic thought and Gnostic, Absolutely. you know, Gnosticism or is just um, true Gnosis is to have an experiential um understanding and an experience of God and in it's no longer in the realm of I I, I have faith and I believe like I, I like how they asked um young did he believe in God and he said no and people were what <laughs> he said, I, I, no, I no longer have to believe I, I know I know God exists right I mean I have true gnosis it's no longer in the in the field of I have to right. have faith I, moved on past that I, i've awoken i've faced my fears and now we're we're plowing forward you know yeah there's no debate here it's it's like um i am i i, I exist i know I'm, i have consciousness right now it's like so therefore if I'm, if I'm sitting here thinking thoughts and there's no debate god has to exist yeah exactly right because awareness awareness is the I am and if you're thinking I think therefore I am right. however if you were to, if you were to close your eyes and just sit in your perfect center they say be still and commune with your heart on the bed I, I, I can't I know I'm not quoting it perfectly but be still on your bed and um, and know that I am God you know it's it come to that yeah. center and even it's really interesting if you will do this tonight if you will find a quiet place where you can you can sit by yourself and not be distracted and close your eyes. Be honest with yourself. Once you get to the point where all distractions have ceased to go away and it's just your your mind is aware 
but when you, when your eyes are closed, it's almost as if they're you know if you've sat in it for say five minutes or more, there's no way to tell exactly where you are. Are you still in the body or not? If you're honest with yourself, and I I, I challenge you to do this exercise, you, you'll you'll see that I don't know if I'm still there or not. I mean I don't have any sensory way of knowing I'm still in the body. So then, you know, you ask yourself, what do I know? And I'll leave that exercise to you. Search out what you can find out when you sit in your center and what you are actually, what you can actually know in your center. And it's really, it's really revealing, you know, when you, when you do that and you're honest with yourself. Because uh, all religion slips away there. There's no religion. There's no control there. It's just you, and and you got to deal with it, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, when it says, you know, yeah, be still and know that I am God. And that's one of, um, <laughs> one of the experiences I had on the hill um, before the, you know, the pineal gland thing. But um, I was talking to the creator just out loud and, and um, for 45 minutes, I'm just ranting and raving out there on that 22 acres. And there was a dog that was just barking. And I think it was probably, uh, it was probably 11, 11 o'clock at night. This dog was just barking nonstop. The bark, the dog never barked, but it was just going, just going crazy. And I just kind of persevered and kept talking to the Lord. And finally, I, I just, I got, I got so upset at the dog, and I'm just like, and for God's sakes, will you shut that dog up? And I said it out loud, and no sooner had it left my mouth than the dog quit com- completely quit barking. And not only did he quit barking, but it was the most absolute quiet, still uh, still, the the most still I've ever uh, experienced. It was it was so still that it gave me chills. The hairs on my arm and neck stood up, and I immediately knew I was not alone. And that's what I heard. I heard, "Be still and know that I am." And you know, that's that's it, man. That's Amen. That's Amen. it, Michael. I mean, you can't you can't listen. You can't hear God's voice if you are. Your carnal mind is yapping. But yes, you have to steal that exactly carnal right. mind in order Amen. to hear You know, the Chinese call it the monkey mind because it's just <laughs> like a monkey; it never shuts up. You know, but in fact, I have found when I would like try to practice transcendental meditation and just steal my mind, uh, I could never actually completely steal it. Like, it, like I used to um, think of thoughts as like little little monkeys and and i would see a, a little monkey come running across my screen and i would just be aware of it and i would watch it i would watch that thought go across the screen you know and and, and one technique that i use is i tell my mind that i'm now watching it it's like yeah, the yeah. higher the higher self in me is telling my mind as if my mind is a separate being sharing this temple with me um i'm watching you Okay, and now the mind is like you know. Think of the mind as like a curious creature that's looking all around. I'm being watched, you know. <laughs> and yeah. and I found that when I would practice, when I would focus on my breath, 
um, like breathing in through my nose and out through my mouth, that it was like my um, my breath would move up into my high bridge of my nose. I could literally feel it moving up, you know, into the high, just below the pineal. Um, and it would slow down. I would get to a point where I'd take maybe a breath every two minutes. Very little oxygen is needed when you get to this uh, to this state. It's almost like you stop right. breathing altogether. Um, and when the pineal gland comes on, I'm not quite sure what happens when it when it when it comes on and glows bright white. My wife couldn't get a pulse on me. She she can't get a pulse, and she and and you know the heartbeat. She couldn't get the heartbeat on me, and the blood pressure wouldn't even register. So I'm not quite sure what's what happens phys- physically when that when that pineal comes on. But you know it's akin to you know Saint Paul. He says. Uh, I was thrown off my horse. Well, you know, remember he was he was on this horse. He was on the road to Damascus, and he gets thrown from his horse, and he sees a great light. Yeah. And then he, yeah. he hears this voice, right? And right. And um, about his right. horse, about right. his horse is his flesh consciousness. He's thrown off of it, right? And his flesh consciousness is no longer running the show. In fact, it's the the horse, the flesh is being shown. Uh. Uh-uh. You're you're actually not the one in charge here, okay? And it's really alarming because the central ego is looking around, going, "What was that?" <laughs> you know, that's not me, okay? And it's really a strange thing to try to elucidate in words because the only real way I can do it is to say, like, to use the analogy of different. Um, men or beings that are occupying in this temple like the ego is a separate man right that's the only way i can think of it right because i knew immediately when that light came on and and i heard this voice that 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 that's not my voice yeah (laughs) it's totally different yeah and and um and and when the light came on man it was so bright like it was brighter than than the sun. It, 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 it's even though my eyes were closed, the light was so darn bright that I couldn't look at it with my internal internal eye. I I could not yeah. stare at it. It's too bright. Right. Wow. And believe it or not, it was in the it was in the shape of a toroid. In the center of it, I yeah. remember that 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 um that toroid, that donut. And the center of it, like for me, I was trying to look at the center, but it's kind of like trying to look at the sun. You you try to look at the sun, but your your eye kind of um, uh, stutters when you try to look at the center of that sun, right? Uh, it, it's, I don't yeah. know how to explain it. That's how it was for me when I tried to, to look at that at this light head on. I couldn't do it. It was just it was too bright, and it literally just struck wow. me down. I was laying on the floor, and um, Kim thought I had a stroke. But um, <laughs> you know, she being she being a nurse, she she breaks out the uh, blood pressure cuff, and you know, trying to get a pulse, and she can't. She was just panicking, and I and I'm talking to her. I'm fully aware of what's going on outside of me, and I said, "I'm I'm okay. Just let me let me be. I'm just sitting. I'm perfectly fine." But. I, so I can now totally appreciate that story because it said uh, the Saint Paul, who who symbolizes the operator of truth, when he was thrown off his horse, he heard this voice, but all of his companions that were with him didn't hear the voice. Mm-hmm. And so it's an internal voice. It's something that's happening yeah. inside your individual consciousness. Amen. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can identify with that. I mean, I mean, we both just gave testimony to experiences that we had separately, but we, you know, had the same uh, images were in, in that, you know, the toroidal field, I, you know, that's, uh, that can't, that's not a coincidence, you know. So I think uh, Paul's story, your story, my story, Jim's story, all of our stories um, are, are confirming. Um, and, and now, like Young can say, I don't believe, I know, you know. Amen. And, and that's what Morpheus says to Neo. You don't think you are Neo. Know you are. And that's, um, you know, that's the difference. Is Belief is one thing, but knowing is exper- um, experiential knowledge. And so, you know, you know, hey, there's only one way to do that. Is you got to get out of bed in the morning, you know, first start. You know, that's the first thing you got to do. Yeah, and like you were well, saying, I mean, oh, like you were saying, no, no, earlier, Jim, go ahead. you know, like uh, Maddie, I think that's his name. Like he was saying mm-hmm. earlier, you know, we have to be still and know, not think that we know, but we have to know that we are God. <laughs> that's, that's the interesting it. thing. If you do that exercise and you go to your center. And you literally ask yourself the question, once you are completely still in your center, see what you can find out about your reality. It's really revealing if you take the trip. And, uh, and, uh, and, and then, well, for me, once I took that trip, I started to realize, okay, I think I, now I understand what, he, what he's talking about. When he's got to bring you in, now he's got to, you got to go to that center, then you, then you bring, Going to the center of your of your core being is the same analogy as going up on top of the mountain. It's exactly the same. You had to leave your ass or your donkey at the base of the mountain, so your <laughs> carnal mind can't come with you. Carnal mind has to stay behind. It can't come with you. But right. when you when you when you go there, now you want to bring in joy. You bring in gratitude, right? And you're going to couple that that healthy uh, feeling of relief. Joy, gratitude with the with the vision. My people perish for lack of a vision, right? You bring in the vision, and and that's all part of the prayer. Now we have to bring in the senses. Okay, we bring up the five senses as well and see if we can't touch, smell, taste, hear, and you know see the um, the state in which we're we're praying for and and, and giving gratitude over. Uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing stuff. I, you know, I found this by the way, Matt. Um, I go, when I went through the um, Saint Germain uh, discourses, I, I yeah, never I'll knew. I never knew that you could pray with such eloquence. I mean, oh, it, it truly and was. The benediction and uh, the, just the starting and uh, the, the beginning and the end are, are just the, when he speaks and says these things so eloquently. It's like I, I feel that the, the the core of my soul. I feel it. It's it's amazing. Oh, it'll move you. It'll move you. It really does stir you, yeah. you know. Speaking yeah. truth and speaking love, and 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 it's like, you know, it just excites me because it's it's like a remi- uh, reminder, like that's that's what you are, that's who you are, this is what you are, and and it's like speaking truth just right down to the soul, and and so all these experiences are all um, the experiences that we have when we hear. Here's, you know, this is the way, walk ye in it. 
and and every time you walk that path and you you um, you keep walking that way, um, you gain experience and and you know that you're never you're not alone. You're, you can never be alone. So, um, but it's it's amazing to watch and then it's amazing to look back and see where you were in your understanding. Um, but you walked in your belief and then now <laughs> you're looking back thinking. Oh my gosh, that's that's just it's crazy how that you know that uh, things worked out this way. Um, but then you realize that your thoughts and your prayers and your your that's what you asked for is is exactly you know what you're going to get. And so when you realize that, then you start now you're going to start agreeing with uh, the law. And and of course you had to um, you got to be knocked off your horse sometimes before. <laughs> before you start agreeing and, and walking that way. But it's, um, man, it, it's, it's just walking every day, line upon line, precept upon precept, and, and uh, doing the next right thing and, uh, and, you know, seeking first the kingdom of, of heaven. That's kingdom of God. So, Well, I would say this from my, from, my, from my own personal perspective. Um, there was nothing I did that brought about that um that experience of that uh pineal gland coming on and and experiencing the chakras uh the different color spectrum but i'll tell you this I, what i'm saying is is like i i you know you know me like i've been seeking and searching and really you know for a long time but there wasn't anything specifically that i did to cause this to happen it just happened i i, I was you know it was so alarming when it actually. I'm glad I wasn't driving a car. That would have been trouble. You know? right. but, uh, yeah. But the spirit knows, you know what I mean. It's not going to happen for you while you're driving a car, right? That's why. Right. Right. When, when I, when like if you talk to somebody who's an Orthodox religion, and you talk about you know be still and go to that center and know that I am God. It sounds to them like transcendental meditation, and 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 I've actually had a guy say to me, um, "You don't want to do that, man. I mean, you could you, a devil could jump in there, you know, demon." And and I was like, I was like, well, you know, the scripture says, you know, if I ask for bread, I'm not going to get a snake, you know. So, uh, the what I like to do is I'll say in my my mind, I'll say. I'm I'm come seeking union with the Christ mind, or or I'm, sometimes I'll say divine mind, and once I do that, any fears that may be um, hanging around, you know, on the corners, you know, on the street corners of my mind, they have to go flee because once I've covered myself in divine mind, I'm completely protected, and there's no way anything negative can enter into this love feast. Right, it's all done away with. Yeah, I, I always like to, I always like to to uh, to ask the, the those people like, uh, you know, when they say, ah, you better, you know, you got to be careful, you might uh, encounter a demon, and I'm like, well, you mean uh, there's more than the ones that are already inside me? Good lord, <laughs> I mean, what do I gotta be afraid of? Like, you stick your what? tongue out at him and wag your tongue at him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, God, you, you live with your wife, and God knows how many demons she has. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh man, but seriously though, you know, don't don't you know like the what the the band NXS, the devil inside, the devil inside, every single one of us, the devil inside, you know, it's like, you know, you you choose whether you act as a devil, right? You know, you you have to, um, you know, you can't put it off on some. Oh, the devil made me do it. Well, the devil's you, you know, and right. uh, you're doing the works of your father, the devil. If you, but you don't have to, you don't have to be scared. No. That's, that's one thing I, uh, was taught, uh, early on. Um, uh, the spirit told me I was watching one of those haunt, the haunting uh, channels where they go and they, they talk to ghosts and all this stuff, you know? And so <clears throat> I'm flipping through channels and I landed on that. And then I was like, ah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to turn the channel. And, and the spirit spoke and said, no, no, you need to watch this. So I reluctantly watched it. And this, this guy's uh they had this spirit is in the attic and i'll just pull it down but they have this device and this electromagnetic uh, an electromagnetic device that allows you to hear any waves that are that can be picked up in a certain frequency and so they would ask this spirit and this spirit actually sent somebody to the hospital like pushed him out of the attic and broke his neck so uh, allegedly you know whatever so but this um, this guy's asking the spirit in the house. He says, "You know, what do you want from me?" And it clearly said, "Your energy." And, and I just sat back and I was like, "Holy Lord!" You know, it, it wants your energy. It wants you to give it energy. It wants you to entertain it. You know, yeah. because whatsoever man thinketh in his heart, he becomes. And yeah, it just sure. hit me so hard. It's like, that's the spirit yes. of, I asked the spirit, I said, what is that? He said, that's the spirit of fear. That's the spirit of jealousy. That's the spirit of this. That's the spirit of that. And I was like, wow. And it just, it, you know, it clicked. And so here's something that I'm sitting there, you know, oh, I'm not going to watch that kind of stuff. And the spirit said, no, how do you, it, how do you, if you don't know the enemy, if you don't know what you're dealing with, you know, how are you ever going to know what, what, what's going on? And he said, not only that, but, oh, I know what it was. He said, what are you afraid of? <laughs> I heard my spirit. What are you afraid of? There's only one spirit, and that's the spirit of the creator. There's no two spirits. Right. That scripture says, I am the Lord thy God, and there's none else. If there's none else, there can't be a second one. And it, right. if and everybody will tell you that God is all-powerful and he can do all things. Now, if they're if they're creating a devil within themselves or their minds, uh, and they believe in some type of devil making them do bad things, uh, <laughs> if God is all powerful. Why can't He just get rid of the devil and it won't be no more evil or bad? <laughs> and I tell right, people, the reason, I tell them the reason why, because God, everything God does is in love. From the creation of us to all things. I said, but the thing is, he gave us a free will just as he has a free will. And if we choose to, you know, be bad or do wrong, that's why we pay for it in life. Even the scripture tells us we pay for it in life. We have to correct our wickedness and turn it into divine love peace and goodness we have to overcome this carnal minded nature because that's what it is it it's not subject to the laws of god neither can it be 
it wants to do what it wants. Like Michael Joseph and y'all were talking about earlier, the ego. The ego thinks it's something when it's really nothing. It's and, all contrived, uh, made up. Yeah. Yes, sir. A made-up illusion. That's it. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, man. You, it's really, it's really a. Go ahead, Jim. Go ahead. Continue. No, I was, I, I didn't mean that, but I was just trying to say, if if we're the ones choosing to do what we want, even Moses, back in the Old Testament, he said, "I've set before you life and blessing, and death and evil. Or would you choose life and blessing?" But nevertheless, it's your choice. We're choosing everything that's happening on a day-to-day basis and everything that's happening in our life. We're choosing it or it would not be there. It, if we don't, if we didn't put it out there, it would not be there. That's like people. There's supposedly billions of people out there, but we only see certain people. Out of sight, out of mind. Right. I mean, it's we're we're projecting all this, and it's manifesting before us. And the people that we encounter, whether it be our wife or children, or uh, a relative, or even a complete stranger, those are different parts of us that we're that's coming against us to or to agree with us or whatever the case may be it's either there to bless us or to perfect us there's a reason for it and even for the reason what they're saying but it's different parts of us manifest manifesting back to us to where we can overcome that and perfect ourselves like the scripture says be ye perfect for i am perfect Because if, if, how can I put it? Just think about 8 billion people out there. Now, if they were all, if we were, I mean, we hear that they're there and this, that, and we see things on TV, but they're not all around us. Because that that part wasn't meant for us. It, it was the parts that we're experiencing and going through on a day-to-day basis. It's all for the good to perfect us and uh, bless us and to comfort us and also to challenge us to get us to wake up and see that that part of myself even though it's acting like it says like shakespeare said life's a, a play and we're all the actors in it i mean they're they're acting back a part of us that we need to perfect that's it's like that mirror reflecting back to us that we see it as an individualized person or something else. When it's really all us, we're all one. Absolutely. You know that story at at, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, where it says the devil took Jesus up on the high pinnacle and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, hey, look, if you'll fall down and worship me, then I'll give them all to you. What you just said is like I, I think of the devil as the carnal mind because it's not subject to the law of God. It's an adversary against the law of God. It's hatred against the law of God. And so it goes back to what Matt was saying about magic. 
you know, once you understand the spiritual law, you can have these things. So there's this test that happens within the um, the carnal man and the spiritual man inside this temple, and in the um, the central um, Christ, uh, our core being of who we are, says back to uh, the carnal side that's also occupying in this temple and says, "Don't tempt the Lord your God." <laughs> right. Yep. That's the ego speaking. <laughs> so, you know, the idea is is that, yeah, you could have these things, all that your carnal mind desires once you come to understand that, but there's there's a price to be paid for that. And generally speaking, um, it, it doesn't always turn out good. You know, it doesn't turn out the way we, we would, you know, want it to turn out all right there's always sort of a price to be paid so to speak uh, especially if we do it in selfishness um you know and and then there's another point where it speaks to the um to the ego of man where he says hey look just stay yourself down from this thing and you know and you'll be all right because the scripture says that you know you know he's not going to allow anything negative to happen or something i can't quote it psalm 91 is what we're talking about here in Matthew 4 and Psalm 91. But the the thing is, he says, look, you know, we're not putting on some sort of sideshow theatrics so that the ego can be, look at me. Isn't that what Simon Magus did when he tried to buy the Holy Spirit? Yes. And he said, look, if I, man, if I can get my hands on this, then, man, I tell you what, the church that I'll run, they'll all bow to me. I mean, haven't we seen plenty of those churches where they lay hands on them and have the sideshow freak show, and they, uh, they all, you know, they're these, they live in these zillion-dollar houses, you know, and people just giving them money hand over fist, you know, but it's a sideshow; it's not really real, you know. It's like anyway. WWE, you know. WWE. <laughs> yeah. Not, every, you yeah. know, everybody knows it's fake, but they keep going. Well, they got. I don't want to speak to guy's name, but but you know, I'm talking about. I call him Smiley Boy. You know, he's got that megalithic church down there in Texas, and he's got a book to sell. You know, but you never really get to any meat. You hear all about his book, you know, and he's, you know, and, and they'll take his Bible out and they'll put it over their head and say, God wants me to be this, that, and the other. And then they take that Bible and promptly put it underneath their chair and it will be never seen again for the rest of the show. And I call it a show because that's what it is. I mean, he's on this stage and everybody has got their eyes on the central, um, you know, I mean, he's like a tap dancer. And, um, they got a scroll running across the bottom of the screen, you know, buy this book for nineteen ninety nine. I mean, it really <laughs> is. You know, you talk about making merchandise of the souls of man. I mean, good night, man. This guy lives in a zillion dollar home, got him the jets and everything, you know. I mean, it's unbelievable. And people only too happy to prop up this Superman, you know, because he's a man of God, for God's sake, you know. He's he's supposed to live high on the hog. But, you know, they don't ever. They're the ones making yeah. the word of God of none effect, too. I mean, they're, yeah, lying exactly. to the people. they're lying to the people. That's where a lot of people ask me, why does it say in there they're like sheep being led to slaughter? I said, and Joel Steen's a prime example of 
He, he's yeah. leading those people to slaughter. He's waiting to shear them for everything they got. And, and it's sad. But, you know, people are making choices. You know, um, you know, we try to help them, but yet it, you know, it's their choice. It's to quote Dave Chappelle, he said that right there is a weak spirit. A weak <laughs> spirit it, to, to fall for that kind of stuff. Um, it, it's just plain and simple. It's just, it's just a weak spirit, you know. And uh, so I think, you know, in that day they'll worship me in spirit and in truth. And um, you know, I, I'm. You were saying something earlier, and I was thinking of a response, and I. If somebody asked me, you know, do you are you a believer? You know, <laughs> I'd say, yeah, I'm a believer in truth. You know, there's different ways that you can respond, and, and of course, then they'll, they'll want to know you down. But do you believe that Jesus? Died? You know, and and I try to tap dance around that, um, you know, as much as I can, and and um, most of the time, in the spirit of the conversation, um, the spirit always wins out, and and love um, being projected from my, my heart to the, the other person, you know, because we are going to run uh, into weak spirits. Heck, sometimes I'm, I'm the weak spirit, and, and we need other brothers and sisters in the faith um, uh, to, to, to lift each other up, you know, and, and lifting, what does it say, admonishing each other in the Word? Oh, yes. Very important because, you know, hey, we are in this life, and it does get, it, sometimes you can lose your focus and start looking at the waves and then, you know, thinking, um, you know, when you were just walking out of water just two minutes ago. So it is, um, I'm, I'm very grateful to have friends and, and other beings on this, on this earth and in this body and t- in this temple to, to be able to relate to, to go, Oh, I'm not the only, I'm not the only one feeling like this, you know? So there is hope and, and, and that's the truth. And so no matter what, you, no matter where you may find yourself, that is always the life raft uh, of the truth and knowledge of you know who who you are in God and that you were, that there is you're in God. <laughs> That's one Amen. of the things that really has has helped me so much is realizing and going back to the thought as much as possible. Hey, we are in God. All of this is God. We're in it. Yeah. So you're of it. You're in it. You are it. So um, that changes your mindset pretty quick yes sir and by all of us coming together like we are and participating and being part of and lifting one another up like you said this is what it's all about to love your neighbor as yourself to help one another that we may all grow thereby and go onward and upward from glory to glory or power to power or understanding to understanding I mean, it's a great and wonderful thing. I, I thank you all for this. I really do. It blesses my heart. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Hey, do you mind if I interject a feminine aspect? Just a little tiny, and I'm trying to do it with such decorum and very, very carefully, but you know how male and female are different? And I haven't said anything about this, even with Gary or anybody else. I just don't. I just look. But I have to. I almost have to right now. You remember how earlier I said there's good dogs and bad dogs. There's good doctors, bad doctors. There's good teachers. There's good people in the name of Yahweh. There's bad people. There's good people in Jesus. There's good, there's good and bad. Okay, my skin is crawling because 
Y'all are doing fantastic. But there are some of them that are not fake. I've had personal experience that was exactly what y'all are doing. They're doing the same exact thing, and it might be collective consciousness. They're touching and doing. Some of them are so real. The people in there, some of the people in there are getting it. And it's hard to judge whether the leader is this or that, but some of those people are there to learn and get collective consciousness, and that may be the only place they can get that. And I have had it happen to me. Well, one of them that they give a hard time about, I think it's real, and I just have personal experience to, to know that. And when I was a child, I slipped over there because I was in a regular Baptist church, and I loved my church, but I got one of my twin brothers I got in that Jeep. I was they were, I was probably 15 or so. He was probably 10 or 11. And one of them couldn't go. I don't remember why. It was probably good I only took one of them. He now works for American Airlines. I may have told this story. But basically, we just wanted to go there and see what that was about because we'd never been to a full gospel or Pentecost church. And sometimes it gets a little bit dry when you're sitting in a church back then. When you, they wouldn't clap that much back then, and they wouldn't raise their hands. I wanted to see what it was about. Oh, it was awesome. But listen, we didn't know what was going on. There was so much uh, joy and love and singing. And it does gin you up, but it's a good frequency. And when we went down, I wanted to go down and be prayed for. Now, he was praying for people for their healing. But I just wanted to go down there and know that me and my brother, I wasn't sick really or anything. When he touched me and looked in my eyes, he was telling the truth. He said, he told it. He read my mail. He read my beads. He... I hear Yava had me go there. Right or wrong about anything else, he had me in that spout. He looked at me, and, he, and he's Cajun, and he's funny, and he's adorable, and I still love him today. And I give him grief about his money and everything else. And I say, ooh, don't touch the anointed, because when he put his hand on me, he read me. He said, oh, my goodness, God says you need more faith. And I fell out on that floor. I wasn't playing. I didn't mean to do it. I looked at my brother. He was laid out in spirit, and he was only about 10 or 11. He looked at me. I looked at him. I go, I never felt so good in my life, and I've been in some other churches way back when I didn't even know the name, where I saw the move of God. There would be people in there that could prophesy like y'all. They'd have, one of them would get that handkerchief and go down that aisle, and when she did, I'd bet them to shut up, because I was Baptist. I'd never heard such, and they just were used to it, and I'd say, Sister Catherine, she's going down the aisle. Please be quiet. I've seen miracles, and I haven't seen a whole lot like people way back, but I'm going to tell you something. I think we get to thinking Oh, this one on TV, this one. But let me tell you what I did recently. I got my mom in that car. I took her to go see that minister way years ago, and he was still preaching, and it was the best best message I've heard. His message was about hope, and his message was about mother loved him. I said, Mom, that's the one that touched me. I fell up. But look, his message was also about uh, visualization. He said stuff that was just incredible. I was like, wow, he's a traditional minister. And he said he gets in trouble sometimes. He visualizes so big. He said, and he's caging and he's funny. He goes, oh, my God, bless God to get so mad at me because I might, I might have an airplane. He said, they were waiting on me, seeing him. He said, oh, my God, he's got four airplanes. He said, well, I better fill out a report because three of them are missing, and I gave three away. He said, bless God. God said, don't worry about it. He said, they, they're wanting to talk about poverty. They'll, he said, and he's right. One of them told me I couldn't go see him. A Christian man called me and said, you don't need to be going to see him. I said, why not? And he said, because he teaches prosperity. I said, well, bless God. What's wrong with that? Why can the NBA have it? And if a preacher has it, it's bad. It's what you do with that money. And they better not judge him. That man is the workingest man. I've followed him for years. He used to come down here. That man does more than any human being. He said, I feel good, too. I'm 70-something years old, and I can still do it. I looked at his schedule. He doesn't stop. 
And he said the only reason he had that plane is because he was, like, that morning we saw him, and then he had to be in California that night. The next morning he had to be Bakersfield somewhere. The next, anyway, it went on and on. I looked at his schedule. It's what you do with that money. But he said people just demonize and God told them don't worry about it. He said they don't know how to think big. They don't know how to, and he said they're busy teaching negative stuff. And you can't have this and can't. So when they do it, it's like they're danged if they do, danged if they don't. And they're always questioning about their motives. And you're right. Y'all are absolutely right. There's charlatans and everything. Now there's charlatans in the health food industry. Used to health food, the reason I like homopathic is they didn't act like that. But now there's charlatans in that. And so I just want to remind you, just I feel like I have to stand up on that. And I stand up for this, too. I took my mama to Dallas recently to a healing church. And I usually like to go where they know the name. But I wanted to go see this 85-year-old preacher that when my mama was on a respirator, I played her, his CDs. And he went to the third heaven when he lost his child. And God taught him how to go to the third heaven and pray. Very similar to what we're doing, guys. Some of them are learning it. Well, guess what? My mama walked out of that church with two things completely healed. Completely healed. I mean, I, I was even thinking they'd come back. Completely healed by that man's prayers and his team. And I didn't agree with everything they say. I didn't, and he was an engineer. He could fly a plane. But see, sometimes, just remember, please, I feel like i got to say it. We walked away with two healings that day. And some people might think he's not real. Please don't forget, you used to want to be in those churches, and God allowed that so that you could be where you're at today. Where you can, And I feel like if I listen to it too much, I'm agreeing with y'all, remember? And I don't care if y'all get mad at me or not. Some of that is as real as it can be, and some of it's not. Please do not forget that because I don't even usually go to those churches. But lately, I was in such need, I just wanted that collective consciousness i wanted some of the music but i understand what you want what you're talking about you can have bell worship and they call them bell box churches you're right some of them are like that but it's hard for me to determine as long as you remember we said you go over there like a towel and you get the sweet leaf and the reason god heals some of the people that go is not the man up there because the gift is without repentance the gift is totally that man could be drunk as Peter Brown. go up there and god will use that man but <laughs> But if those, they, they can. He can. Listen, they said there was a preacher way back in Miss Wigglesworth's time or, or way back. They said that poor man had a, just the devil of alcohol. He just couldn't help himself. He was a good man. God used him. He had a gift of healing. But they said he would drink his poor self. But then he'd straighten up and get under that anointing, and people were healed, blind eyes. It's like you can use, and I'm not cussing or anything, you can use a jackass. You can use me when I might have acted ugly that day. But I might touch the hem of the garment so don't forget and get jaded please don't forget and get jaded because i like i said i took my mom out there and this real sweet couple one was named michael and one was named uh grace a couple i said well you got the right names for this they prayed the most beautiful prayer over my mom and they said miss perry you're 88 years old what would you like to be have healed and she said well i don't know just normal old age stuff and this is so, so adorable now this is what we're doing that's what i'm telling you it's a regular church that healing church they said the spirit just told me not to do this miss perry not to make it specific because probably what's going to happen god's wanting to do something for you that you may have forgotten to ask for or you may not even realize and so I'm not going to limit it today. I'm not going to just ask for one thing. I want you to have faith and know that your father loves you. And we're going to say a little prayer. And you visualize yourself feeling good. And so what happened, they did that. And this is true. My mother's in there. We walked out that door. 
my mom started hollering. It scared me. When we put her in the car in the back to do her seatbelt, she goes, oh, my God, it's not stuck. And I said, your seatbelt? I didn't know what she was talking about. She goes, Donna, Donna. She said, when I walked up the door, I wondered about it. She goes, guess what happened? I go, what? She goes, what? I mean, you know, you go to a lot of church services. You just don't. I don't see miracles like that. What had happened for months, and I don't know what you call it. You could see it on TV in a commercial because Brett Farr has it. It's some kind of trigger finger problem where your finger will get stuck in your palm. You have to take your other hand to lift it. Mother's was so bad, she would holler sometimes whenever Steve would get the seatbelt. Anytime they grip something, one of the fingers will stay down. Mother thought it was going to be so bad that she might have surgery or might have to leave it down and couldn't come back up. She had battled with that for quite a while, and I didn't realize it was as bad as it was, really. She starts screaming. She goes, look, look. She's showing me her hand. She's sitting there just showing me. She's like, look at it, look at it, look at it. She goes, that's what he was talking about. That's what God had for me. She goes, look, Donna, look. I said, I see it, I see it, I see it. I'm looking at Steve. I said, that's because she's such a pure soul, my mom, and she has faith like a child. And those sweet people at that church, they had, now, are they right in everything? I doubt it, but who is? So don't forget some of those people in those churches, they just haven't gotten to the level you guys have. And some of those preachers look like they have money, but a lot of times those people just love doing that, giving them and helping them to get around like that. And, and the one that had that airplane, he, he was funny, he's Cajun, he's adorable. He used to be in rock and roll when he was young, he's 70 now, and he laughed about how he got converted into Christianity, of course. But look, he said, God told me if I want an airplane, I have an airplane. And I said, well, that would be nice. I don't want people to He said, so I prayed about it. I saw it, and it came. He said, then I said, God, I really wish I could have a hanger. And they told him, you cannot have a hanger at this airport. You're not allowed to have a hanger. You cannot have a hanger. He said, well, I don't know how I'm going to do my airplane out here. When I have to be here. I have to go here. He said, I have to go there. They said, well, you're not allowed. He said, guess who got a hanger? He said, but I saw it like Father Abraham. <laughs> and he goes, how many would like to visualize it and have to be? So he said, they're going to talk about me. He said, bless God, they want me to preach poverty. They want, I'm supposed to be, he said, I'm not going to be poor to make them happy. I'm not going to be sick so they'll be happy. He said, and God, he said, let me tell you something. And we were clapping by that point. He goes, let me tell you something. He said, God didn't cause poverty. God didn't cause sickness. Man did. It's evil man. And he said, you, you've got to take care of your family. He said, and you've got, he said, God even said, Jesse, is that all you can dream for? And I'd already dreamed for an airplane. He said, now I've got fuel. I wasn't supposed to have that. I'm the first one to have fuel, first one to have a hanger. He said, it's almost like God says, Jesse, you can have what you want. And he said, but our church is paid for. He said, I don't want to own anything. And me and Kathy, he said, we have completely made sure this church is paid for. And he asked them, he said, if I ever asked y'all for anything out there? And they were like, no, no. No, other than for ministry. He said, have I ever took a dime like this? And, and they go, no, no, no. And so, but at, any rate, but at any rate, I admired him. But he said he catches it all the time because he's so successful because he knows how to visualize. And he dreams big. He didn't want his church to be in debt. And he said, one little girl listens to me. She's five years old. And he said, I heard her say, Mommy, is this church paid for? And she said, yes, but uh, Brother Jesse and Kathy did not want the members to have to worry about that if something happened. And yes, it is. And he said, I'm a good businessman, too. He said, I've got the steel 
like for pennies on the dollar, my watch is still in China drop. And he said, so they, they got this church. They built the church. And the little girl was just smart. She just said, Mommy, that's good. We don't have to pay for it. And she said, no, we don't. So I'm just saying, I've got to stand up because of that man. I understand what you're saying. I think you do a good job explaining it. I love the man that was on there just a few minutes ago. He's awesome. But what I'm saying is my hair is kind of, kind of like, okay, just don't forget someone we're good. Please don't paint with a broad brush. I'm begging you, please don't, because my mom's in there with two miracles. She had a carpal tunnel she don't have anymore. She was wearing a thing at night. Every night, you could never, she said, I'm put, what they did is ignite her faith and they gave her confidence. The, uh, we went back when I had to go get that hose on. We went back to that church. They ignited her faith. My mother said, now I want my carpal tunnel gone. I don't want to wear that thing on my hand at night. She laid it on the dresser. My 88-year-old mother said, if they could help me touch God and learn how to touch, touch it myself, you know, in other words, touch my own heart and spirit and ignite that. She goes, now she laid that down. She hasn't worn it again. It's been months. Y'all, that's a miracle, a full-blown. But I'm glad that I don't agree with everything at that church. I don't. But I'm so glad to get the good out is what I'm saying. And don't forget the people that that's all they got and they're trying to help one another. Just don't, don't forget that. Because where else would they go? There's not enough of us that they would find us. You see what I'm saying? Don't forget that. There's not enough of us, you know? I will understand that. But the thing is, what I, what I dislike about the churches, and I'm talking about from my perspective on what I come right. to understand, right is that they take up ties from the people they're well, hard-earned money didn't. no all churches do that and they're all guilty of it there's nowhere in the yeah but a lot of them sit there and eat don't give too so a lot of them don't go and die i mean a lot a lot hey the way it is nowadays a lot of them go and if they don't have it they just don't do that print they don't do it i mean I, I know what you're saying and i understand there's abuse and misuse and everything i really do but some of them are operating in the principle they just figured it out like we did the principles but the principles they're doing there's nowhere i know they use about the 10th part of abraham pay yeah, tithe, I understand what you're saying. but they need yeah, to look and see what the tithe meant it don't mean to but pay really, money to the preachers where they can ride around now, in the jets and everything else. Anyone can pray well, for people. Anyone can. It says the prayers of a righteous and seer man availeth much. And it's according to her faith and your faith that it is done unto you. I know, but some of them wouldn't be taught with it. I, and my, I know what you're saying. There's a God is going to cleanse that, though. Have you heard the prophets, the true ones? To, this year is supposed to be a cleansing of the churches and the big names. And I hope my friend ain't in there. I hope he's as good as I think he is. Look, there's going to be a cleansing of that, though, just like a cleansing of individuals. And there's going to be a cleansing of not only the churches but political. Some of them are probably doing such horrible things that it's just going to curl our hair. And they need to be toppled. But God will take care of the ones that, or what I'm saying, the ones that are good, even if it's a little tiny church. I mean, like in Brother Thurman, the one I went to see that was 85, he didn't even pass the offering plate. He doesn't even pass the offering plate. I've been there now five or six. My mother got healed. When my mother got healed, he built that church on his farm. And I guess he was successful because he was an engineer and he flies planes. And so 
that congregation probably does help, but he never passes the plate. It was weird. There was no box there. There was nothing. And he gives out free healing CDs talking about how to get to the third heaven. I loaded myself down with his CDs. They have helped me so much. And I went to him. I said, this is expensive. They were around the room, thousands of different different CDs. He said, take all you want. Just promise me you'll give them away. And I have given them away. But I felt so bad. I went, I said, well, can I just at least give a little money for the, you know, just a little bit to help you with the CD ministry. He said, if you want to do that, that's fine. So I didn't leave a lot. I think I left $20. But I, he, they loaded me down, loaded me with CDs on healing, on faith, on visualization, on, you know, it was just incredible. So now, do I agree with everything? Probably not. You know? But and, and do they know everything? Probably not. But, but I'm going to tell you something. They are studying healing and visualization there because he, he used that on um, when his wife and daughter was killed in a car wreck, his granddaughter and granddaughter's friend were so severe, they said never could they live and never would their faces be normal. And he prayed and learned how to go to the third heaven. Isn't that interesting? God took him to the third heaven. God healed those children. They're grown now. And it was a big miracle. So people call him and come from around the world. They come from around the world to see him. But, and, this, and, and he doesn't want anything. He doesn't pass the plate. But it's because, it's because they want learn like it's like learning what MJ is talking about it's like learning about the mind and see he went to the third heaven see he did and so that but but I understand where you're coming from Jim I understand but I just hey, think all you, of them, even, he, he says if you're guilty of, of he says if we're guilty of one point of the law and I'm talking about all of us I'm not just talking no, about ministers well, none of us uh, would make he it. says if we're guilty of one point we're guilty of the whole thing and we're doing our very best to study to show ourselves approved. The workman rightly divided the word. But it also tells great. us, it also tells us in there, he that knows to do good and don't do it the same as sin. And I'm not saying that they're not, I'm not judging the, the people, okay? There's a lot of sincere preachers and people, but a lot of them are following. <laughs> A state organized religion. What the I know, but listen, I have a war. Hey, I got I, it. I, I understand that, but that does. I understand I where you're coming from. Hey, and, no, but, hey Jim. No, what? I'm. I'm sorry. I, I. You know when I get where Donna's coming from, I get where you're coming from, and I'll just. I'll. I'll, I'll share yeah. kind of what. What rings in my head, is, Neville. Neville talks about this too. And what he yes. says is, you know, oh, and all that stuff, it's great. But he says, we have the ability, he uses the word religion, but he's not saying religion. But he says, buy your religion wholesale. So there's the retail versions, which is the churches, and then you can go right to the source. And, I, and people who know where to go to get, get a good deal, you know, appreciate that, you know, the value they have in that. And I, I think that's, you know, I, I believe there's healing also in the churches, like you're saying, Donna, but we also have the ability to, to go to the source. And so there's good in everything. Um, Absolutely. I don't think there's, there's, there's a problem with it. And, and for me, I, I would rather do my work in secret. Rather than oh, me in, too. In the public. And MJ's good about that. MJ's brilliant about yeah. that. Yes, yeah. And so is Jim. No, y'all are right. My only point is just trying to say that I don't even know how to say it. I'm so tired. My only point is sometimes 
you know, you just want to go get something from somebody and maybe, well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm just not afraid to go somewhere just because they may not be right or flying apart. In other words, watch this. My friend called. He literally said I shouldn't go see him because he's prosperous. I'm like, I finally, it came to me in the spirit. I said, well, you know what? If the demon of money jumps on me, I can fight him off. I can handle it. I can outspend him. I said, don't worry, Sean. He goes, oh, you can't go over there. And he didn't even know why. I said, why? You don't even know that minister. You're judging him. And I said, I know him since I was 15. I've looked in his eyes. He was right about me. I want to go see him. He's 70 years old. He, I don't believe in everything he says because I like to use the name Yahweh, Yahshua. He's still saying Jesus, but he knows that's the name. I said, but I just want to take my mom and go see him because he had this sermon one time called Spending One More Night with the Frogs. And when Mother was so sick, I'd play it in the uh, ICU. I'd slip up there. I didn't have to agree with everything or what he's flying in. That sermon helped my mama so much because it was talking about when Pharaoh had the ear of God. And he said, I'll tell your God to get rid of these frogs. Get rid of them. And he said, okay. And, and he asked, he said, when do you want them gone? And dumb Pharaoh said, tomorrow. So he had to he had to stay with them stinking frogs one more night. They were everywhere in his bed. The dummy didn't know that he could have it right now. And Jesse talked about that. So I played it for my mama when she was in a coma, supposed to die. It helped her. I could tell it did. And so I just wanted to take my mama at 88 because sometimes my mama misses a good old Southern Baptist you know, she's 88. She believes like we do, but it gets lonesome. And there's good people in there. I just cannot judge those people. Whether they tithe or not or what they fly on, I could care if they ride a bicycle. My point is, I said, Nadana, just because you know all this don't mean you can't walk in a church or not too good and take your mama and go get some good out of there. Well, mother, because she's 88, was raised in the church and gave her life, and that was a great church I grew up in. I don't think I would even know her, what I know now if it wasn't for those Back in those days, if you went to vacation Bible school, they taught you the word, and I don't care what they say, that word is in me now. So I cannot just, some children need to go. Rather than, if you just don't go and say, well, let's don't go to all of them because some of them may fly there. I'm just, I just have to stand up because it sounds like on this call that I agree with all that. I agree with what y'all are saying. I agree with what, I know Jim has been hurt, and I understand. And he's protecting the widow. But people ought to have sense enough to put whatever they want to in that offering. And if they don't have it, don't put it in there and pray over it. Or whatever. What do you mean? I've been hurt. Uh, that ain't got nothing to do no, with it. Well, I just figured, well, I don't the, know if you've been hurt, but I figure it. Well, I figure it hurts you. I'm sorry. Let me say it better. I figure it probably it hurts, hurts you. It doesn't hurt me. I'm, oh, the scripture, no, I'm going by what the scripture's saying. And yeah, not only the right. scripture, and what the ancient texts are saying. You know, either I'm going to, I'm going to give, well, let me finish what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say here is that I'm going to give it all I got, the best I know how to live for the ever living and the most honest and pure way that I can from my heart and also hopefully through my actions. And the you thing are, is, what I'm good trying way. to say is, you know, uh, I'm not judging any minister. They're going to, you know, they're going to have to pay for what they do. All I'm That's saying good. is I've never, t I used to have a church at one time and I've never took a dime from anybody. There was a box there that uh, people put money That's in. Great. But that went to the people uh, that uh, if they had if they had a bill that they had to pay or whatever the case may be, I never took anything. I paid for everything out of my pocket. We did it right and because yeah. I'm not that I'm not going to take. Well, what I'm saying is you got the Ammonite and the Agagite, you know, uh, Tobias and uh, 
the other ones. I feel you. you know, they I snuck feel. into the they snuck into the tithe chamber, and from that point on, they were they were taken from the the money that was collected. Well, some of them and then then and the ministers nowadays and the Sanhedrin priest at that time, they kept doing it over and over and over again and asking for more and more and more. There was never enough. What what I'm trying to say is that when they said they used the the scriptures about Abraham and they gave a tenth part of all he had, it had nothing whatsoever to do with uh, money in the church. It, it was can be whether, the tenth part of your brain too, your time and your brain. It, it's, be the time, it, that's what it had to do with them giving mm-hmm. and helping their fellow man. But the, the so-called just, Sanhedrin priesthood and the churches now they just carried it down through history, and it just well, it, it went from the small church on the hill to a mega coliseum over there where they could make. Millions and millions and millions. I understand, but if you want, it's never intended for God. And they might have a good heart, but if they're doing that, their their heart is after the money. I understand. You're right. Some of them are probably terrible. I don't. I just don't know which ones are, and which aren't. I don't know. I, I understand, but but I do understand. Gosh, some of them are so full of wonderful elderly people that really need, sort of need each other. And I do realize there is a price to pay for that. that there's some shenanigans. But God is going to sort that out. According to even the Christian prophets, this year God is fisting. There's going to be some in every religion that will fold up and may get arrested. And, yeah, God's tired of that. What you're talking about, Jim, God's tired of that. And in and, and politics, this is the, 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 the way God it's going to change, it. sister, the way it's going to change is people waking up and seeing the wrong and stopping it. God's not gonna they, God's not gonna appear out of the sky and say, Okay, everybody stop it. I'm here. It, it, but now he's look, in, he's in us, us well, we and we have to wake up and well, God will wake him out because he led you and me. Well, he led all of us out of a certain part of it. But I almost got so paranoid paranoid of it that I I was almost ridiculous with it. I could get that way about medicine too. Now watch. And then God will whip my butt and make me go to the doctor's seat. I can get so paranoid of medicine that I, I'm ridiculous because I want to be healed and I like natural. But there's been times that I had too much pride or something and that God was forcing me to go to the medical doctor. And I'm like, well, I'd rather you heal it. But there's times, no matter what I do, I don't know if it's because I, I get so about not wanting to go. that. And there are some good medical doctors. So I have to back up and go, okay, you're right. I finally saw a doctor that had sense, and, and he was nice, and he was elderly, and you're right, Father. I just have to remind myself that not all doctors, because I, I have opinions of doctors that most of them are arrogant. I can't hardly deal with them. They won't let me talk about my own body. Doctors are the same dadgum way as these ministers, as far as I'm concerned. I've had them say things and do things that was just deplorable and see them miss, but we still have to use them sometimes. So I guess what I'm saying is, there are some churches that even the minister and they struggle and they don't have a lot of money and they're there, but they're like a Zuzu Street. They're there. I think God's going to bring back some of them. I hope and pray this is that they will. Some of them, I think you will see a movement to purify it. I hope that's all I'm saying. I'm not. I get where I'm like Gil. Thank God, Gil. I see both sides too. I really do. I pulled myself so back away from them. I couldn't stand. But I found myself taking my mama recently, 
and because she's ADA and because she grew up in churches that were like like that, pure, like a, she misses the camaraderie. She misses the music clapping. So when I took her recently to those churches, she really, her health improved. She needed that, I guess you'd say. And even though I pray for her and I tell her to visualize and we do, she just needed that. Those two people she didn't know touch her hands, pray for her. They were just, it was just nice. So that's all I was saying. I understand though, Jim. I totally yeah, respect you get what you're saying. How did we get on the, the, the we were judging preachers? Oh, no. I, well, he I, because I talked because I went to him and he was saying that, not judging them but he said they can't have jets because it gets them in trouble but if if they got plenty of money and they got to be in Australia because they're they're handing out food to somebody he's like what do they want us to do you know and then I've got to be back here I can't even do that on a regular airline in other words if God blesses them with a plane and someone gives it to them and they are out there I've followed this one's ministry he isn't just flying around on it having a party. I don't think the poor man's had a vacation. I even looked at his schedule and thought, this is crazy. But he says, I feel good. I'm so energized. Like he goes and hands out food maybe in Africa. They go, they do all this wonderful stuff. But he says the fake media will catch me coming out a door and say, oh, you've got four planes. And he said, it's not even true. He said, I got one plane. He said, I don't know where they got. I got four. It's just, I guess the media kind of aggravates me because it's okay for everybody else to have money, but God's not supposed to supposed to bless them to do his work oh no because then they're flying around and i just think the media promotes some now some of it is true jim some of them may be doing wrong but i think god's going to flush that out well, we i want to ask you a question when when like several dollar jesse Duplantis, uh kenneth Perfect. copeland uh that what's that other guy's name and uh uh the uh, i can't no. think of his name right down in uh, Dallas. Joel. Oh, yeah, now one of the Yeah, Joel he's a, I'm not a judge. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a little iffy. iffy. I don't, they're, they're all a little iffy. When they have to go to their congregation and said, you know, I prayed to God for a plane, and God told me he's going to give me a plane, and then they, they harp the people that's in the church every week or so. That you know God's going to get well, no, listen, I'm not talking about the church yeah, you're in. I'm talking about ministers no, no, go that are doing that. Right I'm not, uh, yeah. I'm just saying. I know. The, you're right. You're right. Let me finish my point. What I'm trying to say is those people that are coming there, they're coming there to understand and grow a knowledge about the ever-living creator. And there's a, you can, there's not every one of them in that church that's exuberantly wealthy. And they're setting their taking upon themselves. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. The, right. To, to browbeat the people in a roundabout way using God like God isn't capable of giving them the money. It doesn't have to come from the people in the churches and then sending the out pamphlets and sending out pamphlets to people say, well, if you send me a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars, I'll send you a book. I mean, you know, that's just merchandising. That's where the scripture says they they merchandise their souls. That's what the preachers are doing to the people. And I don't believe that's of God. 
I don't care which way well, you look at it. They may, uh, they, they may go there, sing a song and be happy, sing hallelujah. That's all well and good. And they may preach. I'm not saying that. I mean, they know the scriptures too, but it's, you know, like the, the Messiah. It's hard it, to divide which one. Well, For me, I, I look, that boy, yeah, it's just hard for me when that man called me, and I don't even get to go to a regular church. I don't go to a regular church. But I, he, Mama told him she was excited. She goes, I want to go see him because I loved him. He used to come to my hometown, and I do too because I went and had that experience. I mean, that was a real experience. Whether he's right or wrong right now, I don't know, but that was a real experience for me. So it's like we just went. It was good for us. It was good for Steve. It was good for us to be around. I loved that, the way the service that's was. All well but what I'm saying, sure. Nobody's yeah, judging. but he has an airplane too, but I'm just saying, but I checked to see what he does with that plane. Keep in mind, you can't judge somebody. I'm in law enforcement. You cannot convict somebody unless you have evidence. And some of it, we're lumping them all in together just because they're on TV. A TV ministry is different. But, and some of that where they're falling out and all is real because it's the person. MJ would understand the person is connected with God, but the person might have heard that on the TV or the person might have heard uh, someone in the congregation. They got it, even if it's in spite of what's going on. That's all I was saying. And sometimes that can be a good thing. Cause the, and God can move them on out of that. God will, you know. I understand that. But the scripture also says, there's a way that seemeth right unto man, right, but the right. end thereof is destruction and death. And, you know, we all have a choice. And I'm not listen, here to judge any, I'm not here to judge any preacher. Okay. But no, the Messiah, that, but... the Messiah himself said, you know, they, he says on the outside, they're all clean and washed and looking pious and all this and that. But on the inside, yeah. they're full of dead men's bones. It That's says they, they, they stand in the gate. Well, the gate is the gate of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the truth. That's what a preacher is supposed to be doing. They're supposed to have the knowledge. Okay. It says they it don't go in. It doesn't bother me if they fly it says, or fly in a plane with a says they it don't, doesn't me. It says that they don't go in and they don't suffer no else. No one else to go in. I, you know, I, he can have 50 planes. That ain't none of my business. But, you know, where it bothers me is when he's, asking the, when he's asking the people in the churches for it. Well, you know, thank God to be able to get that. that. Hey, thank God the one I talked to in the church, I talked to several people just sitting there really nice. This particular minister... He's smart, and this particular minister, business-wise and everything, he, he paid for that church. He said, I ever asked y'all to put any money on my airplane? They go, nope, you had not done it. He said, have I asked y'all to buy food for the airplane to take to the church? Yep. I, I just said it, what it was. He told about how CNN just called him and said, you've got airplanes. You've, you've got four of them. And he said, my daughter said, Daddy, you don't have but one plane. He said, I know, bless God. He said, but God told him to be still, and he, 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 God told him just to be still and just say, look, I do everything I can for God, and just, he told him to shut up, and that's when the partners in his ministry, he didn't ask them, he said, bless God, and that was almost embarrassing, he said, they were so furious because they know me and know my ministry and they love me, he said, they sent in 600 something thousand dollars, I didn't know what to do because it infuriated them with the media 
for jumping on him without knowing his wife, without knowing, you know, I, I don't know. It's just kind of, there ain't nobody I don't know. Jumping then, nobody, but no, not, uh, not, no, not, for some reason you're feeling no, 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 convicted no. for this. No, I'm talking piece. about the media. No, no, you misunderstood me. He was saying the media jumped on him. No, not you. You're wonderful. No, I'm saying, he was saying the media jumped on him for having an airplane. It enraged the congregation so much because they said, he's not like that. So they sent him money to him. He didn't even want it. He said, God, if they run that again, I guess they'll send me some more if they run that on the TV. No, it was just comical. But it was comical when this young boy called and told me I couldn't take Mama to see him because he preached his prosperity. I said, well, if the devil's in there with prosperity, let that devil jump on me because I'll spend it. And then he didn't know what to say, so that shut him up. Then he said, you can't go there. He preaches faith. I said, well, I hate to tell you, but faith is all in the Bible. So he didn't say anything else. And when Mama told him how wonderful it was, and I'm getting confused because I went to two different services, one in Texas, one. So I've confused y'all. All I'm saying is recently I realized I'm a little too hard, and God made me take a little tour with my mom to remind me that not all preachers are bad. Not all people, are, not all of them want the money unless it's money to grow their ministry, to go and help others overseas. Now, whether they're all right or wrong, I get it. I just thought I better stand up or God will tear my butt up because my mom just got healed in one of those churches. And when we, when we say that's not real, when they fall out and carry on, Oh, it's real with my mama, but it's because of my mom. Do you get what I'm saying? It's because of my mom's heart. She, it's like a pilgrimage sometimes for people. Sometimes it's building up expectations. Somebody out there, help me here. Help me, Lord. Somebody, it's like building up expectations sometimes to go. You can go to something that's not even, I, hey, I'm not Buddhist, but I might could get something over there. Does that mean all Buddhists are? No. My goodness gracious, no. I'm not. That, uh, that's all I was saying is, some of them are trying to help them get to this point where they can that, have something. That's I'm, all I'm, I'm saying. Well, don't take it. I tried I'm to not, get them to I'm, the Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, no, I just had to say that sort of stand up for them and say, well, what's wrong with faith and prosperity? But that's not care. your place to do that, that, sister. That's not your no, no, place no, no, no. to do I mean, we all have a right to go anywhere we want to go. Whether it's to right, right. whatever church you no, want to I'm do or not go to church. So I'm talking uh, about reference to the young man calling me. I thought it was just humorous because he don't even know him. He said, I said, who told you he does this and that? He said, oh, I just heard it. I heard somebody on the TV saying that he, he's got money. And I heard him say that he preaches faith. And I thought, holy moly. I went, well, that's in the Bible, both of them. The, the parables with the sowing. I've sowed seeds that I got a real harvest from. Y'all, I don't know how to explain it, but there's been times in my life I had to sow a seed of faith for something I needed. I don't know what that, I don't know how that works either, but it's worked in my life. So, you know, I understand though, Jim, you're right, and God's going to take care of that. He's going to clean them out. Y'all going to see it because the prophets are saying this is the year that big churches, big, the one, we'll see the ones, that, and I'll be sad for it. I'll be sad that we're doing that so Sister, I'm sad they do that. Sister, if I offended you or anyone on this call, oh, you didn't offend me. Oh, God, forgive me. No. Because listen, you did not I, offend me. I have all, got tough skin anyway. Oh no, no, you all did not. I love you. I'm coming I'm coming from, the, per I'm, I'm coming from the perspective I'm, of why. Y'all are right about that. No, study. you did not offend me. You're precious. You're awesome. You're That's right. That's my okay. intention to Look, do that. But no, I, you didn't. I, I, I'm, I'm a very firm, and I understand, but I'm a very firm right. believer in what I've come to know and understand. That's and, right. You, you know, I stick to it wholeheartedly. That's right. And when they're just different, we have a different. 
Yeah, I, I was just adding a few. Well, it's shown to me, uh, you know, in a different I way. I was just standing up for a couple of you know, that would be like just sort of... all I'm saying but is no, I'm not I'm not here to judge. I'm Jim, not here you to forget judge. I was Gary's friend. Jim, I'm not that crazy. I'm Gary's friend. Look at what all Gary would say, and I just loved him to pieces. Hey, it's just adding a little piece of the puzzle. It's just to remind us that, like I said, I got to the point where doctors were almost public enemy number one. God humbled me because he took me when I was very sick to a really good doctor that was precious. That doctor, and I said, Father, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was elderly. I said, I love you. I said, I get so scared when I go to doctors, I almost vomit. I said, I'm such a natural person. I beg my God not to make me go. I said, but you know what? I love you. I said, I would come. He laughed, and he sat down with all that age, and he goes, these young doctors, and he told the truth, and he made me feel 10 foot tall. He said, Donna, they are terrible. And he said, but they have a lot of stress on them, Donna. I said, I know they do. I said, but I have to be reminded, y'all save lives. I'm a cop, and when we call the ambulance, look at all the good men. And It'd be like me saying, oh, they're all about money, them doctors. Them doctors are sorry. They'll give you this vaccine and kill you. I had gotten to the point about doctors like that, but what I'm saying is if I go too far, y'all are he grabs me up and goes, I still got a few in there, young lady. No, he'll say, I got a few and you want to go see them? No, sir. Then hush. Don't, don't uphold the unclean. Don't worry about the ones. I got them. I'm going to flush them out. But there's good and bad judges, good and bad. All I was saying was recently, I hadn't done it in years, I went around to a few of them that I totally, hey, something may bust loose tomorrow and they may be up in the hoop cow. But for some reason, my mom needed it and she touched the hem of the garment. And so, that's all I was saying. But you did not offend me because I love you to pieces, and I think you're precious, just wow. adorable. And I agree, I agree with what you're saying. I do, but I just was adding a caveat, just a little, you know, just a little I, something. I, I understand that. Uh, yeah, that's all. Uh, I would uh, say that to White uh, Wolf. Say, okay, Donald, you know. <laughs> I can understand that. Uh, uh, did you say something, Gil, or Cinna? Yeah. Cinemoods, I don't know how do you say that. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have any anything to say. Okay. I, I get both. I get both perspectives. Um. And yeah. No, I, I appreciate that, brother. I was. I don't know how we got. I mean, when it was talking about that was the, my fault. <laughs> no, that was my fault. Yeah. And I totally. I totally confused everybody, and you totally, and everybody was on the good real, I apologize. I just, for a long time, have been wanting to say that, you know, I don't know, police get demonized like that. All the, they, they, Gary almost didn't want to be around me because I was one. I go, Gary, I am a good one. Do you want to have, used to be one. I, he would get so aggravated with the police. I said, Gary, baby, you want good people in there. I'm helping children. I can't. I said, Gary, I'll get out when I have to. If they ever ask me to try to do something, I don't agree with Gary. I'm gone, and I'm trying to retire out slowly anyway. I said, but you can't just demonize the, like the army or the or the government. You can't demonize everything. We're not supposed to be. We're not supposed to focus that. That's a distraction. Even with Gary, and I hardly ever said anything. And I said it sweet, but because I love and respect him. <laughs> no, he Gary could about say anything, and I was like, okay, because I loved him so much. And Steve said, why don't you give me that benefit? I said, this is my husband. <laughs> if Gary says I'm a babbling book, I say you're right. If you say it, it's trouble. And so what I'm saying is. 
don't ever apologize. Don't ever think you offend me. I don't even think you could do anything to offend me unless you was walking down the street in a tutu and you know, acting crazy or something. I might. But listen <laughs> to me. You're not going to offend me. You've got your opinion. I lo- listen, I'm not that yellow belly silly. Why can't people, um, without getting mad, why can't they just talk about both sides of the riverbank? And that's what we're doing. That's why we like this call. Because if I want to say, that's why I'm not in a regular church. If I want to say I think Ezekiel was looking at a UFO, a regular church would go nuts. I can tell you guys that. You may not believe that, but that's just fun to be able to hammer things out, to say both sides of the coin. And I just like it here because I don't feel like I don't feel like if I tell you that, Jim, that you're going to browbeat me or get mad at me or be sensitive. You're not. You're doing oh, right. I'm not. Was, I'm not mad at you. I just. There's certain no, things no. about the churches that I disagree I'm with, so such as ties I'm and not. stuff like that, because they're God they're mis- But people ought to have sense enough not to put it in there if they don't. People don't have common sense anymore either, though. I mean, yeah, I'm but see, the, the Catholic I'm Church in that rewrit the. Well, yeah, that's a whole different system there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we can find a. Well, whole that's where you get the King, King James Version Bible from. They're oh, the I one that. Put the, the 1611 version that everybody's using now. They, they, That's why we were fought of those. We protested. I agree with that. Yeah, I get. You're very smart. I get it. I don't know. I was just I'm kinda, not trying I to. Just, you know, hey, I just. You guys, I got to get off. I got to get off the call. I just want to say thank you. It was good. It was a good call. Bye, Gil. I love you, Gil. He's so sweet. We love. We you. love you, brother. Thank you for everything. Okay. I love you too. You guys have a good week. Okay. Yes. Oh, he's, so he's so sweet. Well, I hope I, I may be the one offended everybody because I, I don't think I did a good job explaining And usually I can. I think I'm tired tonight. But anyway, I'm probably the one that sounded nutty, but I was just, I don't know. I was just saying, unfortunately, there's good and bad in everything. It really is. That's all. There's good and bad in us. Sometimes we have good days. Sometimes That's we have bad days. I mean, yeah, I uh, but we're here to overcome and you know, to to get things right, you know, before we check oh, out of here. That. Yeah, we're, do, we're, yeah. we're trying. We're not trying. We're working on it. We're sure work. Hey, we're in a school. It's a school of hard knocks, too. Oh. Oh, I'm going to let somebody understand. else say something. That is a school of hard knocks. Oh, that's okay. I just, I probably shouldn't have opened my big mouth. Sometimes I just talk and hear my head rattle, I guess. I love you guys. I'm going to listen, and then when everybody wants to get off, I'm going to just listen. Okay, sister. We love you now. Uh, Ooh, Sin- I love y'all. Cinnamon? Cinnamon? Is that how you say it? It's Dominic backwards. Oh, Dominic back? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. You have anything you would, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, is there anything you would like to share or say? No, um, I absolutely have no idea what the discussion was. I, I wandered into the chat room just to hear what was going on. Um, it seemed like it was coming to the end of the discussion. Um, a lady um, was talking, and there seemed to be a misunderstanding. But as to what was being spoken about and what the uh, disagreement was and what the misunderstanding was, I have no idea. Well, it really wasn't a disagreement. I was just trying to, uh, I mean, somehow we got off into, uh, I thought at first, I'm the moderator, by the way, the, right. that it was, you know, 
that we were judging ministers and that I'm not here to judge anybody. I mean, everybody, uh, you know, they have to give an account for what they say, do and believe. Uh, the the right. thing is, uh, we're, we're supposed to show love, show forth love to our fellow man, love our neighbor as herself. And, yes. uh, and w there was a lot of things that we had been talking about because we, like we're the divine mind group. I mean, right. body, soul, and spirit. And there's right. many different beliefs out there. And everybody says they're right, which we know they're not right. <laughs> I mean, yes. uh, there's more to the creator than what's being told. And, uh, and uh, like I say, there's just so many things. Uh, because um, well, I mean, you know, there's a lot. There's there's a there's a there's the finite flesh, um, and there's the finite mind. Um, there's an infinite soul. Um, we perceive a finite reality for a finite mind and a finite soul, um, and it seems to be a battle between the flesh and the soul. So, um, uh, the flesh and the uh, soul. Yeah. Okay, I understand. Um, what Go ahead. Yes, yeah, so I feel like I feel like it all depends on which perspective a person's talking about. You've got a, an infinite. You've got something that is. We've got a, an infinite body, which is the un, which is God, and everything that comes that proceeds from God. Um, and then we're a finite entity talking about an infinite entity. There's always going to well, be a, a limited that's, perspective. That's, well, everything, everything from the beginning to the end is God. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing in this universe but God. We are even God. We're God having an experience in life. Um... <sighs> We're coming from, but see, he, he, like he even, it says no one ascended into heaven except those, the, 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 he that came down from heaven. Okay. When you're born, the life essence of mankind is God. And when man is born in this three dimensional, when man is born into this fleshly body or woman, Okay, the life is the creator. And but we see ourselves as an individual. But in actuality, we're the creator having an experience. Well, I, 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 I get what you're saying, but regardless of I mean, I, I, I get an aspect of what you're saying. Uh, everything, everything has an essence of God within it. Of course, can they say greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So I do agree with that. However, no, 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 no. Well, there's people that believe in a, a negative power, a Satan or a devil, and there's no. Well, I do think there are darker forces. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. I do think there are opposing forces. I think, obviously, God created everything. That is true, but obviously, there is such thing as freedom of will, and I think the freedom of will. I think that's what determines. You know. That, that, that what we would call shaitan in Islam or Satan in, in, in Judo Christian or 
the, the, well, the this, me, this that was that, me, that had gone. Well, let me ask you this question: If God is all powerful, and there, yes, He said He is, you know, and there, I am the Lord thy God, and there is none else. There cannot be yes. an opposing force. There cannot be a yeah, an but opposing. But it's not, but it's, the opposing force is not equal to. The opposing force is not equal to. So we're not saying that if there is only there, God, there, we're not saying Satan is equal to God. He's not equal to God. But this there, is, we're there, talking there, about. But then the scriptures would be a lie, because he says in there that, you know, why does man have to pay for the negative and the wrong, when it's some entity or evil spirit or evil mind? If they look up the word spirit, it means the mind. And we're supposed um, to have well, the mind I, I, of Christ. I, I think I think the key to this, I think it's freedom of I think it's freedom of will. This is the discerning factor. No one is forced to make a decision to do what is malicious. Um, Satan or Shaitan or, or evil forces in the world um, are an independent entity that have a power of a certain percentage no, of the realm. No, a, a, no. a realm that is allowed. Yeah, if, if you're saying, if we're talking about Satan, they're saying he's the prince of the so power Satan, look up the word Satan. It means an adversary and opposer of good. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, no, agreed, agreed, agreed. But they but, say uh, he's the but, prince. But man, man is the only entity that opposes God. Man is. Man doesn't oppose God, or man tries to oppose God. Yes, I, I guess in man, in man has a free will. God, there's nothing impossible to God. God does all things. He said He created agreed. good and He created evil. Okay, He didn't say He created an evil devil. The reason he doesn't get the what you call Satan or the adversary of the devil out of the way, because God is all powerful. Agreed. Man, the reason he doesn't, he don't want to kill off his own creation. Because man, he knows that man is better than that there. But man has a free will as the creator, because there's nothing impossible unto him. And there's nothing impossible unto us. As a man thinketh in his heart, which is a middle subconscious mind, so is he, or so is it. Okay. Man is a creator oh, just as the creator is. That's why. Yeah, he, what if they man was created in God? They say God was, uh, man was created in God's image. No, God says he dwells in a temple not made with hands. We're the temple not, not made with hands. God created us. And God is within us, or we would not even have life at all. We wouldn't be able to but breathe. None of these, but, none of life these, but, if, if, but none of these are evil or the thing is, I, I don't. The thing is, if I'm being totally honest with you, I think the stuff that you're saying I agree with, but I don't think it's evil or with these things. I do think, I do think there is, I do think there is uh, evil. There is evil in the world, whether we may label it as Satan. Or whatever, whatever title, or, or we call it the adversary. I do think there is an opposing force, and obviously, it's not, it's not, it's not being debated whether God created him. Like based on based on the the narrative in the Bible, Satan was an angel. Do you know what I mean? And then obviously, with his no, own no, free no. will, he chose well, to oppose God. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Do you study the ancient text? Uh, do you know what? To be honest with you, I'm 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 not I'm not claiming. To be super knowledgeable, I'm quite no, prodigal. Sir, I'm not trying to be uh, facetious or 
uh, no, 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 I'm not trying no, to be no, that. Please. Forgive no, me if that's all. the way I'm coming across, because that's not what I'm trying to. What I'm trying to say. Do you know what what they call the, uh, you know, the ancient Sumerian clay tablets? And there's I've thousands. I've, I've heard of the ancient Sumerian clay tablets. The only the, the only um, texts I've actually browsed my nose and I haven't even completed. The only ones I've actually looked into are the um, I think I've looked into the books of Enoch, where they talk about the fall the fall of the angels, and I've looked well, that, and I'm looking and perusing the Bible at the moment, but I haven't okay. got a truly broad, informed perspective on all holy texts. Also, you have to be careful of what you're taking in because obviously different texts are going to have a different perspective based well, on the dominating uh, spiritual belief of that of that uh, well that they're the 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 sumerian clay tablets they're some of the oldest known texts in the world i i've heard i've heard of them but i've never read them well what i'm saying they've got the enuma elish that talks about the creation it talks about many things and the word you're talking about the fallen angels it it's not necessarily an angel like you would think that has that's uh uh a spiritual being that fell from heaven you're talking about an extraterrestrial uh entities that came here but okay so if i'm going to be totally real with you i think i think these are i don't have an informed enough perspective like primarily because i wasn't there to see what happened second of all these things are you know it all depends on what perspective you're looking at nobody ha seems to have the sum whole of the whole discussion um whether whether it was called an extraterrestrial which would be based on let's take it away from the fact uh the truth of the bible or the truth of these texts let's just talk about the mythos so if we're looking at extraterrestrials we'd be looking at it more from an alien um you know weird head-shaped um creature it's, if we're looking at it from an extraterrestrial perspective no 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 no, no. There no 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 let, 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 let me let me finish go ahead go ahead sir when we're talking about extraterrestrials there's a certain perspective with which we'll be coming from if, if you say to somebody an angel or you talk about something ethereal there's going to be a certain perception that's going to come to mind spiritually speaking and if you talk about um, extraterrestrial there's going to be quite a science fiction perspective that's going to come to mind but um both of these things whether it would be coming from a science fiction perspective saying an extraterrestrial argument sake an et or any sort of sci-fi tv show or something that was ethereal spiritual that would be something like um you know an angel or a higher being um these both of these things based on our laws of physics would be considered supernatural so i'm saying both of them would be considered supernatural but one would be having one um connotation and the other one would be having another connotation where where so, are you where are you getting the 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 interpretation from which interpretation well you're what you're explaining there where's that well, coming from? No, no, scientific no. or or not well, it's, 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 it's coming from where, where i'm getting it from is that when we're saying extraterrestrial or we're saying angelic force 
there's that automatically if you said to somebody <coughs> extraterrestrial there would be things that would come to mind based on our societal programming based on what we would define as an extraterrestrial if we said an angel or an angelic force or a force of light or a being there would be another type of thing based on our societal programming that would come to mind my what i'm trying to come at is there 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 there, there is there there were divine entities that you know um in in one perspective would have been called angels in another perspective uh, perspective would be called extraterrestrials there was divine entities i can't say um which which uh which term terminology would have uh, um correctly defined um fallen deities or fallen entities i can't say i'm not knowledgeable enough to say that but i'm sure there's a middle line between what would be considered an extraterrestrial and what would be considered an angel i'm sure there was fallen well, entities in the, well in the sumerian would, clay tablets which are like that are at this point in time are the oldest known tablets in the world the sumerian okay, how old tablets and there are thousands of them I'm how old are they thousands. how old are they yes. several thousand years old what several those that's a very vague number like how 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 old are we talking here well they're well over 12 13,000 years old okay so 12 13,000 years old i mean of course i mean that's definitely older than the bible because the bible's only or the, the narrative but, of christ would only be years old no the, the bible that their people there was no such thing as a bible until 1611 and the Catholic Church put that together. Well, that would have been, but that would have been an, a, an accumulation of some the uh, parchments in the text, yes, oh, and oh, also God. the stories that are in the Noah's flood are in the Sumerian clay tablets, and a lot of the things that are in the Bible are part of the the Sumerian clay tablets. They there were stories taken from there too, and put into the modern day Bible but they twist and turn some of it so you wouldn't see certain things. And even the scripture tells you, beware of the lying pen. Man rewrote certain things in there. Well, I mean, to, fit definitely, their, to fit their religion. Well, the thing is, to be honest with you, there is definitely an occupying force and an occupying evil within man that is trying to block the understanding of the rest of the, the species. What that is defined as, I couldn't correctly tell you, but there is definitely an occupying force. And this is where the things like the devil and secret societies, etc., come into the into the fray. There are forces that live among us that are obstructing, that are not that are against the progression of us. There, 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 no, that sir. is definitely I think that's a there, fact. That, that no, it is not a fact. As a so, man so or woman thinketh in their heart, which is their middle subconscious mind, so it becomes, just like the scripture says. You're a creator so, so just like the creator's a creator. And if you not, create that, bad, if you create a negative or bad scenario, it becomes that way. It manifests. If you create no, a I good scenario. If that was the case, then collectively we would be able to create a, a cohesive space. But there are people that create um, there are people that plot that implant certain doctrine. There are people that implant no, certain sir. perspective that, are, that divide humanity. 
there are people that have an, a, a perspective of influence on the world that it's not that we don't have influence, but they are not, they are taking away our perception and they're not making us aware of our influence and power. Well, what? Well, that's that's man's wicked thinking. That's not some evil entity or or some devil or divine spirit out there doing that to you. That's you doing it to you. It, it's no, it's like no it, it's like this here. If I come up and come up to you and say, you know, they're having a a bad or shitty day, okay, and it, if you agree with that. Therefore, if you agreed with what I had said, then it says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be so. So if you agreed with what I said, that's two of us. So the outcome is going to be a bad and shitty day. Or you could wake up in the morning and say, oh, this is a great and wonderful day. I'm blessed. I'm prospered. I'm in excellent health. It's just going to be a wonderful day. And you watch what kind of day you'll have. It'll be just that. To be honest with you, I don't think that's true. I don't agree with you on that. Because you can, you can, in your independent space, have all well intentions to, and I've I've had experiences of, of this myself, you can have all the best intentions in the world to have your day. And yes, you can battle and you can survive and come through the other side. But there are such things as opposing forces that act through human beings. It's just just an opinion. It's just an opinion. Or people do it by force because they want to be negative by nature. It's not some spirit jumping in and out you because the scriptures tells you plainly in in the creation document that there's only God. I'm not not saying that there's a spirit that makes people. I'm not saying there's a spirit that, that is always the reason that people are evil. I think evil is a choice. I think there is a force that that supports evil, that empowers evil, and I think to be evil there is a choice. It's 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 amongst our choices with our freedom of will to do evil or to do good. I God agree with powerful. that, but it's it's not some spirit. It's it's I'm, our. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying all negativity in the world is the devil. That's not what I'm saying, and I never and not for a minute was I saying that. But I'm saying I do believe. There is there is an entity that feeds on negative force. I don't think it's an all-powerful entity. I don't think it's a supreme entity, but I think it's an entity that has a certain level of influence that feeds on negative force. I, I believe that. I mean, we don't have to agree. If you don't agree with that, that's absolutely fine. And you know, maybe I'm a young man and maybe I've got a little more to, down the road to go down. But I've definitely there's times I've I've wanted to believe there's no evil entities, but then it's come to, it's it's I've experienced it, so I, I can only speak from the experiences that I've had. If we've had okay, different well, experiences, that's fair enough. Let me let me ask you this, okay? If all things are God, uh, and all things are possible, okay, and mm-hmm. they're, you know what I'm talking about. That what I'm trying to say, he said, I am the Lord of God, and there is none else. If there's none else. There can't be a, a, how can I put it, another entity, entity other than the divine creator himself. What I'm trying to say is uh, he gave man a choice to whether to do good or bad. He gave us free will and he set forth laws, you know, 
you know, creation true. and to live by. Okay. Yeah. But yet the minute we disobey that or go against that, we're going against the divine laws of the divine creator. And therefore, Agreed. if we, if we follow that, we're going to suffer the consequences of that. Agreed. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. But nobody made me do that. Hypothetically, I'm going running down the road, and all of a sudden, I stub stub my toe on a on a curb or something. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, I get to jumping around it because it's hurting and this and that. God didn't yeah. make me do that. I did it on my own. But yet, I start blurting out certain things and getting upset and mad. And somebody walks by, and all of a sudden, I I punch him or something because I was mad. Mm-hmm. God is a God of love. He wouldn't. He would have not have had me to punch somebody. That I did that on my own. No, no. entity or no evil spirit made me do that. I did that on my own because I had saying, free will. But what I'm saying is, I don't think. I think. I like. I think the only thing we're disagreeing with. I think. What you're saying, I don't disagree with. So what someone chooses to do with their free will, if that's negative, um, is what they choose to do with their God-given free will. I don't disagree with that. But okay. Um, so so none of this stuff do I disagree. I'm not trying to say any wicked thing that you do is is the devil. And 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 any any person of decent. But you're saying there's a a a, a negative entity out there that thrives off of that. That you know that thrives off the the disharmony, the hurt, the anger, the all this other stuff. That that there you're saying there's like two powers, and there can't be two powers. There is there's love and hate, good and bad, but there's but that's all due to us not some entity or something out there influencing us to cause us to be that way. We do that of ourselves. That's why we have to pay for what we've done in life. Just like a lot of people believe that there's a hell and that they're going to stew forever. God is not an, an unmerciful God like that. And even you asked, the, there was a Catholic cardinal several years back that came out on TV when one of his, the moderator that he was interviewing that cardinal, he told him, he says, uh, you know, well, the Catholics, you know, we got to pray them out of hell and this and this and that. The cardinal laughed in, his, at, laughed in the guy's face and the guy was Catholic. And he says, Son, listen to me. There's no such thing as hell. We made that up in order to keep you under control and to do what we needed you to do. See, people, the scripture tells us to study to show ourselves approved, a workman rightly grouping together the true word of God. A little here, a little there, everywhere. It's not just in one or two places. It's everywhere if you look for it. 
in all these religions, even though they're they're Baptist, Jew, Pentecostal, whatever they are, if you compare the the scriptures, they're all saying almost the same thing, except they're coming from their perspective and from where where they where they were brought up at. But they're all it's all the same story. And but there's so many people that are trying to outdo one another, this one, that one. Well, my philosophy is this. My thesis is going to be this. This is, you know, all of that stuff's going to pass away. The only thing that is going to last is the understanding of the wisdom and knowledge of the true divine creator and how we live and move and have our being and apply his laws. All this other garbage is is going to go down the tubes. And I'm not saying I know everything. I do not. But I do study. And I have been studying for over 60-something years. Well, I say 60-something. I'm 60 now. About 50. Uh, about 53, 54 years. And I'm still studying I'm still checking and double-checking and triple-checking myself to make sure what I'm believing and understanding is true and correct. And I'm not just taking one part of it. I'm getting it from here, there, and everywhere I can and doing my very best to rightly interpret it and group it together. And, you know, that's what I'm doing. And there's others that believe just like I do. I'm not the only one. But by no means do I think that I know it all. I do not. And I learn from everyone. I learn from you. I learn from everyone on this call. I mean, no one person has it all. But I do firmly stand on what I know and come to know and what the divine creator has shown me. Hey, Jim, it's Donna. Hey, Jim, do you mind if I tell him I really like his voice? I hope he comes back on this call. That is the most soothing, beautiful. Hey, whether we all have it all or agree or understand everything, he has the most nice voice I ever heard. Uh, I I believe he's still on that. Hey, Cinnamon, I love your voice. It's just soothing and a beautiful voice God gave you. hope he's still on there. I don't think he would still, get off on purpose. No, he's... Uh, are you still there, sir? I believe he's still there. I well, I believe he would answer me because he's so polite and sweet. He must have something wrong with the phone. I was just going to say, since he is young and new, I hope he comes back because he's so nice and, you know, we're all on a quest to learn, you know. And so, um, Jim, you're doing real good with him and he's so nice. I wish that... He could hear me to tell him. He has a pretty voice, I'll tell you. It's just such a yeah. beautiful voice. It seems like he has a sincere desire to learn and a good oh, heart. Oh, I believe that, right. and I don't. Yeah, and I hope he, he would. Don't. I wish he could hear us. I wish he could hear us and talk to us. Well, I believe Sucks. he can hear us. He was on the phone, but he's gotten off. But I, I don't want him Maybe to think by any him. means that I think that I know uh, everything. I do not. And I, I'm oh, doing no. everything uh, I can I to double, I... triple check myself. And uh, oh, but what I like, what I was 
what I was trying to tell them is what I do believe. I, I, I stand very strongly for it, mm-hmm. you know, because it's proven itself out to me and not only to me. That's why even with White Wolf and I, I mean, I, I you know, he and I had these discussions and, uh, you know, yeah. I checked myself not only with the word and the interpretations and everything else to other in other countries they're they're what what's there and but i also ask other people like such as white wolf and mm-hmm. people on the call and if they if they can show me where i'm wrong believe me i'll be the first to get in line mm-hmm. i mean but if, well Hopefully he'll come back sometime. I just thought it would be good for us and good for him because he just seems so nice and sincere. Like he has a nice soothing spirit. I think he would want to learn and want to help. And and I was just going to compliment his voice. I thought, but I guess he can't talk to us. His phone might be messed up, or he might have went to the bathroom or something. Who knows? Well, that could be. But uh, hopefully he comes back. I mean, because I know that, and I truly believe that I can. Uh, that we could all learn from him and others on this call. It's us. Uh, that's right. You know, too. I mean, we. It, that's you know, the like whole Gary, reason. Hey, remember Gary would say, I got a piece. Remember that about gold, how Gary would say, you got a piece of gold, I got a piece of gold, and we just got to get each other's gold. You know, it was like saying yeah. we might not have it all, but I got a little nugget of gold in there. Cinnamon had a nugget of gold somewhere in my culture. Everybody had a little nugget of gold. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. Um, it may just be me and you on here then. I don't know. I don't know. But I enjoy yeah. the call. <laughs> well, sister, I love and appreciate you. We've been on here four I hours love and you. eighteen. Well, we minutes. better get ourselves. To, sound like we better get ourselves to bed, don't it? And I'm well, sorry about the misinterpretation because uh, I I wasn't here to judge any man. I mean. No, 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 it wasn't. No, 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 it wasn't a misinterpretation. I was just, I was just sharing what this kid. It wasn't you. This kid just called and said he didn't even know this minister. Don't know nothing about him. He just said someone told me you can't go over there because he has an airport. Then he said someone told me you can't go over there because he preaches prosperity. And I said, oh my lord. And then he said you can't go over there because he preaches faith. It was like he was scared. And he wasn't even getting it firsthand. He just heard someone. He couldn't even explain it. He just. Some people just listen to somebody else and they get fearful. I said, Sean, he's. I just said, I'll be okay, Sean. It's not going to jump. Hey, if prosperity jumps, I just thought it's funny. I said, if prosperity jumps off on me, I'll be fine. And I said, if he puts his face over, you know, it was just funny. I was just sharing something funny. No, I understand. But, yeah. In in my younger year, I was a I was a a, a pilot, a private pilot, and I had a plane. I, I no longer have it now, but they probably could have said the same thing about me. I mean, that's what I'm that's saying. Then, that's this what is I'm now. Well, some of them are bad, probably. I, I'm not bad, but some of them probably are in it for the wrong. But God is going to flush that out. I I don't know when, but I just believe. I believe some government entities to um, the churches. Some of them are really going to topple, and it's going to hurt some of the people that are innocent in the congregation. They're going to be so disappointed. But that's why the Bible says don't lean upon a man or any man. The Bible clearly says don't lean upon a man, meaning, you know, no. don't be one of those that says my preacher says this. and my, They've got to study for themselves. You're right. And I wish I'd have said that when others were on there so they'll know I agree with you. Dang it, I wish I'd have. Because 
you you're Brother, right. This- I, mean, I said all of, all of you, all of you are right on that part of it. You don't lean upon a man, and they'll let you down. And some of them, and some of them are good, and then they fall. I mean, we're all human, human. So, but I was just saying that. There's some good and bad in everything, too. That's what I was telling that young man. I said, well, don't be scared of every single one just because some of them are bad. That was all I was saying. Gary's right. He would say, look, even if you're, um, even if you don't want to go do this or that, just don't be afraid of everything. Don't make everything a devil, you know, in other words. That's what I was telling the young man. He didn't even know who this was. And he was saying, oh, somebody said we can't go over there. You can't go. I go, oh, my goodness. I'm big enough to go anywhere and eat, you know, and, and, go, and get my food. In other words, I'm, I'm, I, it's not, I'm not going to believe things just because a man tells me. I put it that way. You know what I mean? I sure yes, wish ma'am. we'd have been able to say bye. I wish I'd, have, I wish I'd have said that better, but I was just tired. But um, maybe I can explain it like that well, better. Well, it's oh, still I, being I recorded. Well, it's I was agreeing with most of what. That's good. I was agreeing with most of what y'all were saying. I was just saying that sometimes miracles happen there in spite of the other people's intentions. It's just that those people are learning to connect with their divine self by listening to some of the word that's given or the people that are there. And so for that part, that's kind of good. You know, uh, I've yeah. had some really good experiences where it might not have been the best situation going on behind the scenes. I don't know, but I've had some good experiences. Yeah. But I had a great church going on. Uh, but not so all what, churches are like that anymore. It's sad. But I love no, you, and but, I hope you have a good week. I'm going to do my best, sister. But like I was trying to tell people, that, I mean, even if they were in church or weren't in church and they were right, by themselves, right. I mean, the kingdom of heaven is within us. It's within us. Yeah, we don't the have solution, to. The solution is there. And whatever desire you have, Absolutely. like the desire when you were in the church and when you took your mother... And all these things, well, see, you were already, happened. that intent was already there. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, just, manifest, it just manifested exactly. the, that way. But Amen. You're right, speak, in spite of everything. Yeah, because yeah. we don't have to have anyone around us. And, it, and if, uh, if I, I needed a... I just think but, sometimes it's good. Oh, go ahead. That phone, my phone is acting crazy. No, I think I'm messing up. I, no, 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 you're not, sister. All I was saying. No, I mean is the that, phone's cutting. No, my phone's cutting in and out, so it's crazy. That we're that we're uh, that we have to come to terms within ourselves that we are creators just as the creator is. I agree with that. I wish I'd have been on that. That's why it tells us every idle word that we speak that we're going to have to Mm. give an account of in the day of judgment. See, but they they think the day of judgment's in the last day. It's not. The day of judgment is now. That's why the that's why the Messiah teacher said today is the day, and now is the appointed and accepted time. Amen. So whatever we speak out, whatever we speak out, even though it may take a little time or a while to come to fruition, it's coming around. So we better hope that we spoke out the right thing and not the negative because we're going to 
we're going to get either the good or the bad. I mean, and well, the scripture's telling us we need to be consciously conscious of it. And that's why we, in order for us to be consciously conscious of, isn't that ascending and awakening? Because most people are going through life unconscious. They're just following the leader. They're not really truly understanding the true nature and the wisdom and knowledge of, of God and what God is and why God is and why we are. Because the I and the Father are one and the same. That goes for all of us. We are the creator having an experience. And we're creating each and every day in each and every way whether it be good or bad. Boy, this is some good points. Ooh, you're doing good. And, and that's that's what I was trying to get a point across earlier to this gentleman oh, and no, uh, the others. And, uh, you know, it's all right if they don't agree with me. I mean, I'm not here to browbeat them or twist their arm or stomp on them or oh, nothing wait. like that. Everybody has a right to believe what they want to believe. Well, and... Uh, and, and- you know, I have to uh, say that sometimes my beliefs get tweaked along the way. I think I got it wow. and I find out something. Else. And yeah. that's scary but because you, I used to be a little more dogmatic, but then I got shown several times that, uh-oh, I didn't know about that. So I tell yeah. people sometimes this is what I believe for right now. <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah, mean you it were, being wrong. You remember Joshua, what he said, right? As for me and my yeah. house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's We're going to serve that, that divine know. law, the divine right. creator. That and should never change my, that point, don't it? When I say my house, I'm talking about my individual body and the me that's right. in here. Because that's my wife, I'm my saying. children, they have to serve the Lord with their in their own house. I mean, I can uh, you know, talk with them and share with them and that. But the bottom line, it's their choice just as it is mine. And that's why I'm so set and so strong in what I understand and believe, not that uh, what I mean is that with every fiber of my being, I live it and do my very best to apply it. And And by no means do I know everything. I don't. I'm learning something new every day. I learned from everybody. Me too. I learned too. I learned from you, your husband, the, the call, uh, Michael Joseph, uh, you know, Gil, and everyone on here. Uh, I know. I'm like you. I don't ever want to offend or say anything wrong, and I probably do sometimes. But look, I love the part that we had where they were talking about. Steve likes that part where they were talking about those frequencies. I love talking about that. That was divine. Gary would have loved that. When they were talking about all those frequencies and numbers, and that was beautiful. I meant to compliment them. I forgot. I meant to thank them for that, too, because that was good. Well, sister, they're, they're going to – it's being recorded, and believe me, they're, yeah. they'll, they'll listen to it, so they'll hear what you had to say. Oh, but I know I'm what you're confident. saying. And we've been on it here right here at uh, four hours and get 28 our minutes. I think we should go to bed. <laughs> I think we better uh, get off. We lost Cinnamon. We lost Cinnamon, and I hate it, but maybe he'll call back sometime. We'll just have a very blessed night, get some good sleep. 
it was awesome. Same to you, sister. Tell Steve I said hello and that we love and appreciate him. I sure will. He was doing pretty good, but I think he finally started getting ready for bed. I think he finally decided he better get, he has to go to work early. So I sure will tell him he loves it. And have a blessed night. It was awesome. Tell MJ it was great. Thank you. I I will do that. Same to you. Shalom. Folks, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming tonight. I really, truly, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate it. And you staying on this long and listening to my mouth sometimes and, and listen to what everybody had to say. And if you ever come in here and you're on the computer and stuff like that where you can uh, are on the phone, to where you can uh, communicate with us. We would love to have you come in and share with us and be part of the call. You know, may Yava bless you, keep you in perfect divine health, and may all your dreams come true that are good, good, and very good. And uh, number eight, I want to thank you too, and uh, I do appreciate you coming in and being patient with us. May Yava bless you, keep you, prosper you by each and every day and each and every way. And may the good, good, and very good flow down your path and your family's path that are that's very good. And with that, I'm going to end the call. Good night, everyone. Shalom, prosper, be in hell. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.